You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Nick. How you feeling, Corey? Bro? You all right? Uh, feeling better than you. Uh, ran into ran into Silk in, in Gainesville. Um, and I feel like I made it out better than you did. I'm I'm not I'm not a drinker. I'm starting to realize that like my drinking days, my, my good drinking days are behind me for sure. Uh, I was drinking my uh, bikini body vodka sodas. Um, Silk only drinks the uh, drinks they give you in the smaller glasses. Uh, mm. Some may refer to them as shots, but there was some tequila that was thrown down. That. He's a Don Julio guy, right? That, yeah. I asked for Don Julio. But... <laughs> listen, when, listen, when you're in Midtown, you, you don't get to pick and choose. You just get your well tequila and you call the day. They didn't have the, the highest tequila they had was Patron. That was the top shelf. That was the top shelf. And that made for a terrible um, Sunday morning. But nonetheless, that night I felt great. The vibes was beautiful. My brother was in town kicking it with us. Uh, his first time in Gainesville as an adult. He, 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 he went oh, as a kid. So he hasn't been back. He's been in the military since we've been adults. So he hasn't been back here kicking it. Um, so he had a great time. We hung out a little bit. Uh, went to balls. There it is. We went balls to balls. We went to balls because, of course, an unpopular establishment such as balls, plenty of room for us to walk on in. We tried to go to Salty. They were uh-huh. capacity, they were which makes sense. I like that place. Yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, I told Silk to sit down in the booth. He lasted oh. 14 seconds in the booth because balls doesn't clean. Bro, that, I'm going to tell you something. I understand I understand you, the point you was trying to get off, Nick, but that was wild having me sit in that chair. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That was wild. I didn't inspect it. I, I, I don't think in the, the four years that I lived in Gainesville that I sat in a booth there one time. I don't trust Nick, bro. Not to that. <laughs> Gave him a bunch of tequila and made him sit in a booth and ball. Like, yo, sit right, yo, we're going to sit right here. I, I sit down. <laughs> I didn't sit. And the, the bottom seat was fine. Like, the bench was fine. It was the back. My mm. back got wet. I was like, all right, bro, let's just <laughs> now I gotta go home and take a bath. Who knows what that was? That's probably 20, 30 years of greatness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it. If they're not if they haven't cleaned up in 20, 30 years, I gotta stop going. I may be a salty guy. Did that uh, place look like it had ever been cleaned? That's a good that's a great that's a great point, Nick. That's a great point. The blender has to stop. That's fine. I'll be in Gainesville in a couple weeks, and Nick will be heading back to balls. We can certainly go to Salty. This is my thing: is I've never, I've never had to put down another bar to talk about how great you know my particular favorite bar is. The, the same way you've done the opposite. You know, right. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna shout out the place that I'm going to take you, but you know, we've, we've, uh, we we're talking about a sponsorship deal, and we haven't gotten that yet. So there's no, no free publicity here for yeah. that other establishment. I tell you what, Nick knew everybody in there though. Like he, got, right. he knew the bouncer, he knew like the, all the patrons, but he just like I guess we well, just go next door. You just stop nah. there to say hi all the time. 
I think I think this is all a ruse. I think Nick is a is a big <laughs> ball supporter. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think Nick goes to balls often, and yeah. he just wants to it maintain like his image. Everybody yeah. knows your name. That's, <laughs> That's right. You walk in, everybody's like Nick. That's a normie. That's a normie. That's me. Man, that's where you write all your articles at, right there in balls. <laughs> hey, balls doesn't have Wi Fi. Come on, <laughs> and I hope it never Wi-Fi. does. You know, <laughs> Dan, oh, doesn't, Dan doesn't need his balls nights uh, broadcast on Twitter. That's for sure. That's for sure. My parents are still uh, very active uh, followers of my Twitter accounts and my uh, escapades there, so got to keep those limited. You know, a lot of charges um, at the bookstore. But, uh, hey, Silk, you were up in Gainesville for a, a specific reason. I want to talk about that. Let's give a shout-out to uh, to Greg Brunt real quick, and let's get into uh, to a little bit about what uh, we've got going on. If you need anything insured from the panhandle to the keys, visit BruntInsurance.com. Home, auto, life insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, anything you may need insured, give Craig, Greg a call at 954-589-2204. A visit bruninsurance.com for all your insurance coverage. Big coverage. Perfect. Perfect. So, Silk, uh, we've got some exciting stuff that, that we're a part of, uh, separate from, from Stadium Miguel as an entity. Uh, but we've got some, some exciting stuff that we've got working on uh, with a couple of other Gators. Uh, all three of us are, are involved doing some work with some name, image, likeness things that are going to be coming down uh, in the next couple of days. So stay tuned on Twitter, probably Thursday, maybe Friday. Um, but Silk, I want to talk specifically about you going uh, up to Gainesville. You had the uh, the chance to sit down uh, with a couple players and, and get to know them a little bit more. But talk to us a little bit about what, what you've got going on. Uh, well, you kind of know, but to the audience – yeah. Um, we're working with some former Gator athletes um, that that put something together uh, pretty pretty special. I think um, it's pretty amazing and dope for all of our student athletes, not just the football players. I think it's going to be something groundbreaking. Um, Darren Heitner just tweeted about it. He's doing the legals on it. So anybody that's freighting about any contracts, we Gators take care of Gators. We got one of the best lawyers uh, behind all of this. I just think it's something really dope. Um, I got to kick it with the one black. And uh, my man, uh, Mahmoud Diabate, this weekend. Very impressed by by both of those gentlemen, man. Um, we shot some quick content. It should be dropping later on this week. We're getting it edited down. But I enjoyed being back in Gainesville, man. We I, I yeah. didn't go like all last year, the pandemic year, man. It felt like forever ago. Perfect. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, like I said, stay tuned. Uh, but we're going to have an opportunity for, for – for fans and supporters uh, to be up close and personal with, with current players, with former players. Uh, it's going to be a whole Gator Nation endeavor, and, and we're excited to be a part of it and to, to be uh, part of the creative backbone of, of what we got going on. So stay tuned uh, on Twitter. Uh, there's going to be a, a website launch. There's going to be a bunch of interviews, a bunch of content that we're going to be putting out over the next couple of days. Again, separate from Stadium and Gale. So, so don't think that there's you know a connection there as much as it's you know Gator fans and Gator supporters and alumni getting together to support uh, the University of Florida Athletic Department. So a lot of exciting yeah. stuff. The only involvement with Stadium and Gale is we're going to use our platform to help these to help that initiative. Yep. So that's the only tie, but there's no no business ties uh, outside. Of it. It's just personal um, business that we're doing with them. Yeah. But I'm we excited. Did. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I'm excited uh, we'll, to, to after see the where news break next yep. week. We'll have more information and, and really lay this all out and have a real conversation about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's break 
everything down that's happened over the last week. A lot of exciting stuff has happened uh, for the Florida Gator football program. Uh, and coming up to our first game week against Florida Atlantic uh, on Saturday, and we'll break that down a little bit more. Uh, but before we do that, a, a couple of notes. Uh, the Gators announced today, Dan Mullen did, that uh, defensive tackle Tyrone Truesdale has transferred uh, through the transfer portal from Auburn uh, to Florida, a former three-star recruit, uh, Played two years as a starter uh, for Auburn, 22 tackles, two and a half for loss uh, in 10 games that, that he played, uh, six foot two, 326 pounds. Um, you know, has, has played at Auburn for four years, took advantage of his free COVID year, uh, coming back to University of Florida and, um, you know, is going to make an impact on a line that, that absolutely needs uh, some help with some potential injuries and, and definitely some gaps. Here's what Dan Mullen had to say uh, about his transfer to Florida. You're looking at your depth, and this was a position really to me, it was a little bit of a recruiting gap in the middle that we've had for my first and second year here. Then you have some injuries and some guys not being able to perform. Uh, it was if it was someone that we looked at immediately at the start of training camp. You look at the depth chart, you look to see where you're at, and you look at your needs, and you've got a guy that started a lot of games in this league, the opportunity for him to come in. And I know it's a, a late start, but as a guy that started in the league, I think he's going to adapt real quick. Um, it's our understanding that Tyron Treesdale will be available to play uh, against FAU on Saturday. Uh, should he play or not? I, I don't know, but he is. Uh, uh, with that being said, guys, what are your thoughts on the transfer? Um, I mean, shoot, you're getting a guy who's played four years in the SEC, started two um, at an SEC school, uh, plenty of familiarity with Alabama, your week three opponent. And you can never have too much depth um, on the interior line. That being said, you know you get you get to school five days early. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be helpful to have you know his former teammate uh, Daquan Newkirk there to kind of speed him up on the terminology and stuff. When you're a big boy like that, I don't want to too much. You got an A gap, you got a B gap, and you want to hit the guy holding the ball, whether it's the running back or the quarterback. Um, so for a guy who who already has four years of experience. Um, do I think he plays like 45 snaps Saturday? No, but I think you, you'll see him kind of you know, do it quickly. Yeah, I think it's a good get. Um, we already we got some some injured bodies, um, some players that, that won't be playing this week. Uh, what's up with Humphreys? Uh, Jalen Lee's got a, a Lee, I'm sorry. high ankle sprain, so yeah. you know uh, questionable this week. Uh, right. Squirrely when he starts talking about injuries, you know, I think you know, you might I don't have think he's gonna get a lot of reps anyway. But yeah. I think I do think bringing uh, another guy, this is a very good quality guy, and that just ups your rotation of guys that you know you can rely on to keep bodies fresh. Mm. Uh, that's gonna be an important week three. Yeah, I, I really like him. In fact, I think of the transfers that they got, um, I think that he might be the most talented. I don't know if he's going to have the most numbers or the most stats this season, uh, but I think of uh, Antonio Valentino and Daquan Newkirk are transferred. I think I like Truesdale a little bit more than the both of them. Right. No slight to those guys, but I think that Truesdale is a guy that um, is a disruptor. Um, you know, his stats aren't going to necessarily prove, you know, that he's this, you know, potential All-American, but I think that he's a guy that comes in with uh, ability. He comes in with confidence and he comes with, a, you know, the ability to, to show what he can do at this league. You get a couple of games, FAU and USF uh, to work into the rotation. And, you know, I think that he's a very able-bodied person and he makes that position group better, which is what we've always asked for when we've talked about transfers is you look at the whole of your group, you bring in one more. Does that make your group better? And I think that he does regardless of injuries. Right. 
Yeah, just interesting. Um, I wonder why. So he he entered the transport before fall camp. So I just wonder why the, uh, you know, the the delay on on finding a location, especially if you know Dan said today, um, he's a guy they you know initially looked at you know as soon as he was in the portal. Probably a class or something, right? No, uh, I think he's graduated already. Yeah, yeah, he's graduated. Um, yeah, he's what the hell is he waiting on? I don't know. <laughs> He's just for an opportunity, right? Um, so, so Nick, it's my understanding. I think you tweeted it that at least Florida, with 88 scholarship players right now, mm-hmm. they're allowed to have 85. But because of the free COVID year, uh, you have him, Rick Wells, and then what was the third name? Uh, well, there's five. I only, I only tweeted three, but I forgot oh, about a couple. Okay. So there's Rick Wells, Stuart Reese, Gene Delance, Jeremiah Moon, uh, and I'm missing another one. And Truesdale. In Truesdale. So, yeah, that'd be, uh, you know, you're 88 now. You drop those five because seniors who are taking advantage of the, the free COVID year um, can be on scholarship and not count against uh, your 88. You're still at, at 83 by my count. But, you know, I was, my math might not be right. That's what uh, that's what I got. Perfect. Um, again, a highly recruited kid out of Georgia. Uh, I know that he had offers from from a lot of top programs, came in, did well, um, you know, in the SEC, and is going to come in and get the opportunity to earn, you know, earn playing time. You know, Florida has, you know, some real question marks. You have Jaquan Newkirk, who, um, you know, has some SEC playing time, you know, played alongside uh, Truesdale at Auburn. You have Antonio Valentino, uh, who, you know, did did pretty well up at Penn State. You have Gervon Dexter, who, for all intents and purposes, is a uh, potential athletic freak, you know, still a sophomore, uh, still growing into the game of football. And then after that, Jalen Humphreys, Jalen Lee, uh, a lot of the, the, the folks behind uh, Dante Lang, um, you just you have some question marks, I think, bringing a guy like him. You know, home, no harm, no foul. But like I said, I think he actually, you know, makes the team better rather than just filling a spot. I mean, I mean there's no, there's no spot anyway. There's no bad, there's no like bad spin on this, right? Like, right. Worst case, you got a body I mean, who's not counting against the 85 that, that you know, doesn't play. Best case, you got a guy, you know, who's uh, all SEC I'm, first team. If like, I'm negative, Nancy Gator fan, there's one. What's, what's that? that? Y'all couldn't find a right tackle? <laughs> that was a hell of a laugh, Nick. Um, yeah. there's no, that I fan, mean, like, there's, like yeah. some people don't want to celebrate anything. <laughs> like, no, bro, go go through. So, my, my tweet when I, when I broke this story, I, there was like six or seven of them. That's why I laughed. It was like they, they, they couldn't find a right tackle. Can he play offensive tackle? They're there, there's plenty of them, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the lane. The, the Gators grab Tyron Truesdale. Uh, again, I think he's a guy that's going to make a, an impact, you know, and, and again, similar or dissimilar to last season where Florida had to, uh, you know, rush, rush right in SEC play. He gets a chance against, like I said, against FAU and USF to get some opportunity to, to get used to the uh, to system. Does this take, uh, of course, this takes away uh, snaps from Big Gravon, right? Well, we'll see. You know, Newkirk's dealing with a groin injury, so will he be limited snaps um, week one? Uh, and, and then you got to start figuring out, you know, just how guys are playing and and, mm-hmm. and, and who you're playing. Um, so I think, you know, it, it could potentially. I don't think week one, because I think, you know, especially if Newkirk, groin injury is something like it's like so easy to like re-injure or re-aggravate. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually and, and, and you're not trying to, you know, uh, get a guy hurt trying to beat F. 
Kirk as much mm-hmm. as much as you can. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how many snaps it takes away necessarily. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously two defense tackles that are going to play. There was going to be a rotation anyway. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm higher than Truesdale than I am on, on some of the other backups um, that would have played uh, anyway. So obviously, you know, Gervon Dexter is going to get the chance to play. Does it take away a couple of snaps? Sure. But, you know, Gervon Dexter is an athletic freak. This is his second year in the program. You know, we shouldn't be too worried about, you know, him losing snaps, you know, because he's probably earn himself, you know, the opportunity, but might keep him a little fresher, might give him some opportunity to make some, you know, bigger impact on, you know, more important plays and, you know, rest them up for a, you know, a couple drives earlier in the game. I don't know, but, um, but I'm excited to to start to see him, pardon me, as a part of the program. Uh, Today, the Gators also announced uh, what they're calling a depth chart. Um, (laughs) It's what I I call smoke and mirrors, but, um, are you guys surprised before we get – well, let me just read uh, left tackle to right tackle, then it's going to go tight end, running back, quarterback, and then the three wide receivers. Starting left tackles, Richard Garage, Ethan White, left guard, Kingsley at center, Stuart Reese at right guard, and Gene DeLance at right tackle. Corey Gamble's your starter at tight end. Then at right, you either have Damian Pierce or Malik Davis. Then you have Emerons. Jacob Copeland, Trent Whittemore, and Justin Shorter. Yeah, any um, are you surprised by any of those? Sorry. I, I think some people, um, just from, from my mentions today and from the message board, were surprised about Trent Whittemore and 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 X being uh, you know, Xavier Henderson being a backup. I think, you know, the, the wide receivers rotate so much um that you know they don't starters play the same and, position either, do they? Mm, um, X can play I'm, in the slot, but he's, matters, he's mainly man. worked outside. And, I want to have takes about the, the depth chart, but it's hard to because, like Dan said, whatever they call this, like it's hard to have real takes about the depth chart because yeah, I don't think they. Mo, Mo, Mullen called this. One. Mullen called this today's depth chart. This is Monday's depth chart. Who knows if it'll be uh, Saturday's depth chart? I just want a regular depth chart like other programs. You know, like <laughs> no. Too many oars. <laughs> what do you mean oars? No, this is shot. This is, this is probably the fewest oars you've seen in a while, right? Yeah, this oar is this oar is not not as bad as normal. I think we had like thirteen with McAway in one year. I was shocked. I haven't heard a lot of buzz uh, from or about Bernie this camp, so I was surprised to see that. But like, who knows if it's if it's for real or if it's not. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of Diabate in scrimmages and in camp. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that that did catch me off guard a little bit, but I'm not taking it. I'm taking everything as a grain of salt. Man, I can't take this depth chart serious. Why? Because Tyron Hopper's on it, and you know, you know he'll be buried somewhere, hidden away. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> um, I think Bernie's really the only one. Well, let's let's talk, let's talk, hold on before we do that. Let's just talk about offense real quick before we. Yeah. 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 Let's stick on offense real quick. Um, Garage, Ethan White and Kingsley. That's kind of what we expected, right? Um, Stuart Reese and Gene DeLance expected, but um, you know, there it is in in black and white, right? Um, Kamori Gamble. Does that surprise you guys over Keon Zipper? Is that what you expected? No, I thought that'd be the one too. He's the the oldest. So that's what I expected. (laughs) Um, it's, it's like a monarchy that you know the the starter yeah. is your 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 oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then you move down after that. Yeah. Um. Then Damian Pierce or Malik Davis and then Naquan Wright. 
Um, any surprise? Pardon me. Any surprise there? It's the monarchy. The oldest, the oldest yeah. is a starter, and then you move on down. Um, and and Dan Mullen was not having my question. I was like, "Hey, first couple games." He ain't never having your questions, Nick. Stop that. Um, I can see that. Um, he ain't never feeling you, bro. Pause. <laughs> no. He's never. He's never really liking your vibe. Whose vibe does he like? That's a good question. Edgar. Oh. Hevesy likes Edgar because Edgar was around. Edgar don't for, like Edgar. Edgar was around about? for the urban years. Um, but I tried to get, I tried to ask about Bowman and Lingard. I'm like, hey, but Edgar, what are we talking about? Thompson, my guy Edgar. Not, oh, no okay, Edgar slander Edgar. in front of me. My bad. I thought you were talking about somebody else. Um, so I tried to ask. I was like, hey, uh, you've got three older guys listed on the depth chart. Um, how important is it to get Bowman and Lingard some reps? You know, guys who have barely touched the ball, barely played, you know, college football, meaningful reps, and. He said, we'll see how the game goes. And that was the reaction for me. He's like, okay, that's it. Uh, so Bowman will be uh, collecting dust on the sideline. Oh, wait. All these other guys are on the ball. I'm not buying it. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I'm just going to take that. I'm not taking that serious. You got to get the ball in Bowman hands. You can't have weapons like that just vibe a whole season on the bench. That explosive. You get one season out of that, that's a travesty. You can't have, yeah. you can't have that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Agree. Um, and then you have Jacob Copeland, Trent Whittemore, and Justin Shorter. Surprise, any name on there? I think no, some I'm people surprised. Were, Go ahead. You're man. not surprised. I th- well, I what? think you, you, you I mentioned it earlier, but I think some people are surprised that um, X isn't starting. Um, mm-hmm. I think the wide receivers can move around. Will will interchange so much. Um, Whittemore I think X really- and Shorter is too much alike, right? You yeah. want some little, a little versatility you get if you got Copeland, Wit, and you got Shorter. That's, that's, a, that's a little different. So I think X, I would spell, if, if I'm the guy just outside looking in, I'm not, I don't work with the receivers, but in my mind, I would spell Shorter for a guy like X. Mm-hmm. And, and Whittemore had a really good fall camp. That's a that's a big dude to have in the mm-hmm. slot as well. Um, well. He was hooping before he got hurt. He was yeah. balling last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, really no surprises there. One thing I did want to point out about the line, I think – I know they've tried it. Um, if Josh Braun is in any point to right guard, you can slide Stuart Reese out right, and that's if mm-hmm. you're having problems at right tackle. Um, obviously, that's not, what, that's not what the depth chart is showing right now. I'm just saying that is a possibility. Nick had the audacity to say if. Just, you know, giving everyone a fair nice, shot. Bro. It's, week, it's week one, man. It's week one vibes. We gotta be nice, man. See, no, <laughs> one, no <laughs> one's bro. missed a no one's missed a block. We just talked about the negative Nancys, bro. Like you gotta true. be nice. It's so it's a good point. Week one, everybody's everybody's going in with a clean slate. You know what I'm saying? Like no sins right now in my book. No nobody hey. has committed any sins. We'll see what happens Saturday. Pace yourself, Dan. There's plenty of time. Right, plenty of time for there's that plenty game. of sins to be committed. I get. Yeah. It. I get it. I get it. All right, let's get to defense. Uh, Zachary Carter, defensive end, uh, Antonio Valentino, Daquan Newkirk, and then either Brenton Cox or Jeremiah Moon at the buck. Any surprises there? Um, I think no. I think that's exactly what I would have predicted. Um, obviously, Jalen Lee, I don't think he's going to play. Right. Um, so, you know, probably scratch that name off. Um, of that list, and then you go down to like a Lamar Goods, who's next there, um, or you know, is, is it Truesdale? That, uh, Truesdale that falls into there uh, at that backup DT spot. 
Yeah, so let me let me say that. It's Zach Carter, and then behind him, it's Princely Uman Milan or Dante Zandris, who is formerly Dante Lang. That's my fault for not knowing that he changed his name. Uh, Antonio Valentino uh, and Gervon Dexter bagging him up. Daquan Newkirk backed up by Jalen Lee, and then Brenton Cox or Jeremiah Moon backed up by Chris Bogle at the Buck. Um, I know that there's some injuries there, so I know that all of those names – um, you will definitely not see at least one, if not maybe two. Right. So yeah. obviously Truesdale's not on there, but. but yeah, no surprises to me. Um, and then again, with Brenton Cox with the ankle, it's, it's FAU, it's USF. You got Bama week three. Don't need to push him too much. Um, see if, <laughs> see if Jeremiah Moon's healthy. And then one of my bold, one of my bold predictions, let me get Chris Bogle in the game. Cause I need some sacks to, uh, to uh, help my story that I wrote on Sunday. Hold on, they got they got Moon ahead of Bogle. Yeah, yeah, they've got yeah, Brent Cox and Moon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get Brent Cox, but I'm not taking this serious. Uh, at linebacker, you have Ventral Miller backed up by uh, Mahmoud Diabate. Then you have Amari Bernie uh, starting over Tyron Hopper at the other linebacker position. A name that you don't see on there, Derek Wingo. All right, guys, let's play a little buy or sell here. Who gets more playing time between Amari Bernie or Tyron Hopper against FAU? Amari Bernie. I sure hope not. I'm going to go with Hopper. Not, not nothing Hopper. against him. I, I, I want right. to see Hopper. I, I'm going to go with Hopper. I'm not buying this depth chart. Um, and why are we going? I think Diabate should be the starter there. Thank you. So you would have Miller and Diabate with Bernie right, and Hopper, Mondo, the general, and, and, and Wingo. I, I would agree. Um, I, I don't think that you see Ventro Miller and Amari Bernie out there often together. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of Diabate. I think you're going to see a lot of Hopper, and I think they're going to see Derek Wingo uh, in there as well. Um, I think that Florida's deep there. I think that Ventro Miller is going to get your most snaps. Obviously, a linebacker, but I think outside of that, um, I don't buy Amari Bernie getting more snaps than Mahmoud Diabate or Tyron Hopper. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I think that the other guys are too talented. I think that they make bigger impacts and I think that they affect the game more. I think that Amari Bernie is a fine player. He struggled with his position, but I think at the end of the day, you've got better linebackers backing up Amari Bernie. And I don't want to be rude saying that, but I think the other guys are bigger impact players. That's all that needs to be said about that, Dan. Land the, silent, down. The, the silence is deafening. All right. Uh, <laughs> at defensive back, you have Kyer Elam backed up by Jason Marshall. You have Avery Helm backed up by Elijah Blades. You've got Trey Dean backed up by Mordecai McDaniel. You've got uh, Richard Torrance backed up by Donnan McMillan. Then you have at star Trevis Johnson backed up by Chadarius Perkins. So you guys surprised Avery Helm gets the nod over Jason Marshall or Elijah Blades. Right, no, I think, yeah. I, well, I think I think he's older. Um, I think that was initially that was the move immediately after uh, Jaden Hill was hurt, and and it would it would have taken Jason Marshall really taking over, um, you know, which I still think could happen. Um, I think I threw some lies out there um, <laughs> from the airport about Jason Marshall. Um, so you know, it, it could happen. But I'm I'm excited to see Avery. So he had a. I think he tore his ACL like his junior year of high school. 
um, really didn't play last year. I think his first game action was uh, the Cotton Bowl. Um, so I'm excited to see what he's got. Super athletic kid, 4'3", 40, 40 inch vert. Um, so to me, you know, uh, the tools are there athletically, um, gifted. So see how he plays. Yeah, from what I was saying, they just concerned about like uh, Marshall has all the ability. They're concerned, mm-hmm. you know, freshman um, mental laps and things like that. Physically, he can do everything, but um, they they want to see him like be able to hold his own. Um, mm-hmm. They can bring him on a little slow. I think Abraham can hold his own against FAU. Yeah. I, think I think he can play football a little bit. I think people are pretty high on Avery Helm inside the right. program. I think that, you know, he's a guy that didn't have like a, a super like hyped up recruitment. Um, the track guy, fast. I, I think he committed kind of at a random time with it, a lot of other stuff out going of state on. guys too because he's from yeah. Texas. Sometimes yeah. those guys that like are from out of state and then don't do a hat dance, don't commit, decommit, decommit, recommit. Um, sometimes those guys just like get – they become an afterthought. Yeah, because it's from a school you've probably not heard of, and, yeah. you know, a city that you probably don't live in, right? Um, so I, I know the program's really excited about Avery Helm, which is obviously a good problem to have, uh, you know, for the Florida Gators. Let's jump down to gets the nod, which Darius Perkins backing up. Obviously, this is a position uh, that we've been, you know, talking a lot about. Dewan Black's name isn't mentioned on this depth chart. So Travis Johnson, Jadarius Perkins, um, you know, Dewan Black thrown in there as well. How do you guys think those snaps shake out uh, over the first couple games? So you just had charcuterie with Dewan. I don't want to give away too much sauce. Um, uh, first his, off, great touch. Great touch. <laughs> uh, not being a, a meat eater. Bringing right, the right. charcuterie board for others. Great touch on your part. You got to think about the, the aesthetics. I'm still waiting for you Marketing. to try to say it, though. What? what Charcuterie? Yeah, that works. Ooh. Come on, man. My brother's a chef. You don't think I can say that? Uh, he said you couldn't say it when you bought it. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, one thinks he's um, – he said, like, Trevaz is the guy at star. He's primarily at the star. Uh he was honest with me. He said, like, he he, he thinks he's ready, but he, he does have mental laps of being used to playing linebacker, and now he's a DB. So he sometimes he hear the read, and he'll do the linebacker read instead of the DB read just out of, like, um, you know, habit, old habits or whatnot. So he, he's getting he, – he, he's readjusting to DB again, but by midseason, man, you're going to see him get a lot more snaps. I think it's Traverse and out to Traverse him. I'm not, I'm not going to pay a whole lot of attention to the depth chart. Okay, perfect. And then um, since we're not paying a whole lot of attention to the depth chart, let's talk about it a little bit more. Spent a whole lot of time on it, but you know. Trey, <laughs> Trey, Trey Dean, Richard Torrance, we talked about that last week. We knew that those were going to be the starters. Mordecai McDaniel, Donovan McMillan. I think that Mordecai McDaniel gets, you know, probably more snaps than, than people think. I know the program's really high on him. Athletic player played a bit last year as well. Highly recruited guy, but again, one of those under the radar, you know, didn't really make a huge uh, you know, seeing about his commitment, uh, stuck with the Gators and, you know, we, uh, you know, I think that, I think the Gators have a good, you know, long-term starter, uh, probably starting next year, uh, in him. Uh, let's jump into oh, Dan, the good stuff. I asked, uh, Mahmoud Diabati, uh, who was like surprised him this camp and really just being a dog out there. And he, and he said, Kingsley he said, Kingsley has been very impressive. As a linebacker center by the center, that made yep. me feel good. You know what I'm saying? 
I think it was Ethan White. Ethan White said he might be the strongest dude on the team. And I mean, like, like Damian Pierce is benching like 450, squatting like 790. Didn't so, Antonio Valentino say the same thing about Kingsley? Something maybe, similar? Maybe. I, I can't remember who. Right. Maybe it was him. It was, it, you know, we, we talked to like seven players, maybe they've gotten mixed up throughout yeah. camp. But yeah, someone did say that Kingsley might be the strongest dude on the team. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things about him. Just, you know, that's an important position, right? Center is not just guarding against the defensive tackle or the linebacker. You're also making calls and helping with reads. So um, a very important position for the Gators there. All right, Nick, let's get into what you enjoy, but we're going to save that last. Um, Long snapper Marco Ortiz, backed Mm. up by former six-star long snapper Rocco Underwood. Uh, at kick returner, you have Jacob Copeland or Jamarcus Weston backed up by Xavier Henderson. Uh, let's just stop there. Are you guys surprised Jacob Copeland or Jamarcus Weston uh, is your kick returner and Xavier Henderson? No, straight line speed um, yep. with Cope and with Weston and with Henderson. Um, I'm just, I don't want to talk bad about him. I'm just wondering though, like, where's Fenley Graham? Like, if, if he's not. Mm-hmm. Doing one of these, then what? What are you? What are you doing with him on his scholarship? Because he's not going to start at safety over the guys you have. So if he's mm-hmm. not making an impact on special teams, then then what? Are you, what are you doing with him? I'm wanting you to my Finley Grammo kickoff return. Put Bowman back there. No, 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 no. Bowman's a redshirt freshman. He has to wait his time. That's right. My bad. Oh, that's a good point. Fenley Graham, the same player you were just pumping the right. tires of, is also a redshirt freshman. But you listen, know, this man, is no, this is no, this is Nick Show. I'm getting sick and tired of you calling out my lines in real time. <laughs> At least wait until Tuesday. Nick's uh, Nick's podcast effort is like, whose line is it anyway? You know, <laughs> the, the points the points don't matter. He has um, great points until we like examine them. <laughs> you got to say it with your chest. That's what yeah, I do. You say it with so much conviction, chest. bro. I be mm. believing you. And then we look at the science of it and be like, nah, Nick, it doesn't work like this, that. This needs to be like around the horn. I need to have I need to have a button to mute Dan. So like when I'm getting ready to lie, just mute Dan, and I'll just get through it, and then I'll unmute him. Fortunately, I have the ability to meet Nick, so uh, that was that's an enjoyable feature that I have here. Devastating, uh, devastating. <laughs> devastating right? Um, all right, at punt returner, uh, you have Kyer Elam backed up by Jacob Copeland. I'm going to get this out of the way. I mean, I think that they think that Kyer Elam and Jacob Copeland have very sure hands. That's a very tough position uh, to be in, and I think that you know Dan Mullen has not. Why you treat my dog like that, Dan? You don't think my what? dog can return one? No, I do. But I also think that 95% of what he's going to do is fair catch. And I think that Try my dog, he can return them things. Dan, tell him. All right. Well, all right. Well, tell you what I'm hearing. All right. Well, we'll do a buy or sell segment. We'll put your money where your mouth is. You know, you know, I'm a lot about Kyrie. Are you guys surprised? I mean, Silk, obviously five, six, one, everything else, you know, your boy, everything else. Are you guys surprised that it was uh, Kyrie Elam and Jacob Copeland at, at part return? I'm not extremely mad at Copeland, but I was surprised about Kyrie. I, mean, I ain't mad at it either, but that was shocking. Because even if you just want a fair catch, you put a receiver right there, right? Yeah. I don't know, because, like, I forget who it was. It was McElwain put Vern back there literally yeah. just to fair catch the ball. Yeah. I think Vern had one single return. It was like, I trust you to know where you are in the field, to either let it bounce to go into the end zone or to make a fair catch. Yeah, I don't like that safe. I don't like safe that's, play like that's that. Safe. But even, I mean, Freddie Swain was kind of safe, right? I mean, everybody right. thought that he was safe when you put him back there, and he had some returns. Woo. 
right? Out. He overachieved at at, at, at returning. I would say that, Slander. but I don't think he should have been the guy that was back there at the time. I think it was a safe play. He just made it happen, and he was productive at it. But it was a safe play, and I think punt returns is an opportunity to go score. Maybe kicker off return, they're not gonna be bringing it out the end zone all the time. But punt return is a play. You know what I'm saying? Like get get a player in space with the ball, let him do something. Well, let me throw you the line. I don't want a fair catch. Over under. Four punt return touchdowns for Kyrie Elam. Oh, come on. You got to at least make it like reasonable, Nick. You say right? four punt return touchdowns? Four man? punt return touchdowns. He's, he's, got, he's got money. He's got money to spend. I'm so glad that you I believe? set the docket for this he, show. It's just utter <laughs> nonsense. I sell that. Four you know? punt returns. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. Uh, listen, he's been buying everything. I was trying to set it high. Jeez Louise. I'm excited. It's game week. You think he gets one? Buy or sell one that he returns one for for, sell. for six. You selling you selling him returning one? Yeah, because he's gonna be there oh, in fair catch. And oh, he's yeah, back little there. Fade. He's back there with marching orders to throw his hand in the air and catch the ball and get the offense back on the field. But he's from the five six one, man. We don't we need to taking I, orders. If he was from the nine five four, I would have left the number at four and I would have taken the over. But he's from a little north of that. He's just been lying again on the show. That's all. Well, Dan's not calling me. Also, his area code. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta cater my lies to Dan now. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Um, at Holder, Jeremy Crawshaw, yeah, backed important. up by Jace Horseman. Uh, at Hunter, Jeremy Crawshaw, backed up by Jace Christman. Um, By the way, let me just get into this. Nick, you've been around that the team is. Jeremy Crawshaw, the funniest guy on the team, or is it just because he's Australian with an accent that makes him so funny? Maybe both. I think I think so. He's he's got a good personality. You got you got a lot of time. I got I'm, I'm hoping to get him for media soon. I got to ask him how that Italian class is going. Um, he's that video. The videos they're putting out of him. He's very funny. Um, I, got, I got a whole story to write about Australian slang. Um, I got a bunch of stories that no one's going to read that I'm very interested about. So I'm, right about the I'm definitely not reading about Australian slang. I just Nick, need you to, I just need you to click the link. What they talking about? Over just there. click the link. You don't have to read it. Click the link. Hit refresh. I, I got Nick you. has found the oddest lane, you know, to die on. Yeah, you know, the, the oddest hill to die on. Nick, Nick loves himself some bunters. Um, all yeah, right. Nobody wants to know about Australian slang. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, until until I write it, maybe you do. That's true. I'm going to read it now. See? It's interesting. Faustus. Faustus is slang? No, it's uh, Australian beer. Oh, I thought that you were slang slang. I was like, yo, no, no. those are beer. What are Nick, Nick's like Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Blooming onion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you guys know that the guys that started Outback, like, based it off of them watching Crocodile Dundee? Not they, like not, a research not trip Australian, to Australia. No. Yeah, no. they just yeah. want to start a steakhouse, and they're like, "How can we make it different?" Yeah, yeah it's just a just a wild little fun fact for you guys. Genius. Um, yeah, um, place kicker in kickoff. The only two besides a running back where you have an or at the starter. You get a transfer from Mississippi State, one of the highest scoring uh, players in Mississippi State history, which I don't think is super hard, but he's he's one of those guys. Um, transfers in, uh, plays under Dan Mullen, uh, I think for one season at Mississippi State, uh, battling a walk-on. Nick, you surprised. 
Um, I, I Jace Christman is going to be the the kicker. So like Dan can put you know or silk you got all the kicker tee. Dan, I got the I got the kicker tee. Uh, Dan could put you know or Nick Delatore next to it, and I think Jace Christman is going to be you know your kicker during the season. All right. Well, way to way to Sorry. set your way to Sorry. you know what, glad, right, Nick. I'm glad that you took a stand finally. You know, <laughs> you know. I'm just glad that you uh, you took that stand here. Um, trying to see if there's anybody else. Obviously, uh, Jaden Hill uh, is out for uh, the season. Kamar Wilcoxon, also not on this depth chart, a guy that we talked about at the star position, um, a guy that uh, will also likely not be playing this season due to injury. Um, he has tweeted an Instagram or put out an Instagram photo that I, I believe says uh, the same. Um, so we wish obviously a, a healthy and safe recovery uh, to both of those guys. So with that being said, boys, before we move on, any other topics you want to talk about on the depth chart? I'm concerned about Wingo's development. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, he's been moving around quite a bit. They haven't really found a position for him. And then I only yeah. see him on the depth chart. It's a little goofy to me. Um, high profile kid, very athletic doing somersaults and flips like a gymnastic 60-pound uh, chick. We got to find a way to get those athletes on the field. We're just shoving, each, shoving these guys. Now, say say we get Wingo on the field next year, right, and he's just this stud, right? He has this incredible year. He's gone. Mm -hmm. We all going to look back like, man, we had that guy one year. Like, why was he on the bench? Um, and he, he may not do anything, but I just think when we bring these high – prospect high recruit highly recruited prospects in like hopper wingo it don't take other programs that long to put them on the field especially when you're beating out all of the other big programs right right Those are everybody in the country wanted you know tyron hopper everybody in the country definitely wanted Derek wingo you know you, you've got it you've got to question those and now you're starting to get we, we've talked about on the show right now you're starting to get into the the handpicked guys that this coaching staff and specifically his coach wanted, right? Tyrone Hopper, Derek Wingo. Those are your specific gets by, you know, Christian Robinson. And all of a sudden they're buried on the depth chart. You know, Tyrone Hopper's in his third year, Derek Wingo's in his second. And you're still not seeing them beat out, you know, guys that they're should theoretically be more, you know, talented in. It's just frustrating to me to see them bouncing around positions. Like, like how are they going to develop if they keep moving around? Um, and, and he's a guy he, he he's primarily just like a pass rusher at St. Thomas, wasn't he? Not right. like a, a not like a Mike linebacker or anything. So he's, he's thinking too much. You gotta, yeah, you gotta just just let him moves. go see ball, get ball until he understands the defense a little bit. I don't want to tell these guys how to coach, but I just think no, of course these, these guys should be. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. I want to tell them. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think these guys need to see quick, the field earlier, man. Uh, and, and I know that Wingo last year. I mean, obviously last year was weird because of COVID. But when Flory got back from from A and M and the and the and like those those COVID tests started racking up, like Wingo was learning all three linebacker positions. Um, so he comes from basically just like at St. Thomas, you're saying go get the quarterback to learning th you know a bigger playbook in three different positions. So mm -hmm. I mean, your head's probably spinning at that point. I think you just got to figure out figure out one, let him let him get there, let him develop, let him learn, and stop trying to move them around, shuffle them around. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you guys think the floor is more talented on the, the defensive line or at linebacker? Um, defensive line. I would say defensive line. If you're mm -hmm. including, if you're including, it depends on where you include Buck. Cause you got so many guys at, at Buck is Buck mm -hmm. a linebacker. Or you're including that as like an edge rusher, which, you know, 
mm-hmm. like, a, like a hybrid D line. Wherever you swing buck, I think that's your answer. Okay. Yeah, I like that. All right, boys, anything else on the depth chart before we move on uh, to the Gators' latest commitment that they got? Good. So hated it. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think the opinion of this podcast that we'll put out there is that, you know, that being listed as a starter doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the most reps, uh, that there's there's some players that are injured. There's probably some guys that are – you know, going to play more that aren't listed on the depth chart than some of the guys that are listed on the depth chart that may be considered third string. Um, you know, there, this is a lot of just, uh, again, I hate to use the phrase smoke and mirrors, but it, it really truly is. Uh, don't get too worked up about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dan uh, Mullen, Dan Mullen kind of expressed the same thing. Like he, he's he said it before he dropped the depth chart and after he dropped the depth chart, like it's the depth chart for today. So I'm not going to take it serious. Um, some of those spots still like draw draw some concern for me because like, there's a few positions we all want to see some change at, and, and, and it's a lot more the same when you see it. So I get the frustration from the fans because um, people want to see something different. Yeah, you know, like they want they want to see some movement and seeing those same guys come out there. But everything's gonna I mean it's a different offense, so we'll see what's up. Absolutely. All right, boys, let's get into uh, the Gators grabbing a commitment from Aaron Gates, uh, six foot one, 180 pound athlete, uh, likely going to play defensive back at the University of Florida from Trinity Christian in Sharpsburg, Georgia. Uh, so the Gators grab him. Um, I'm just going to pull up his uh, highlight film here to, to share uh, on the screen here. But boys, what are your thoughts on on Aaron Gates? And are, yeah, let's start with, with Silk Action because I know he has some Probably more formulated thoughts than than Nick. Formulated thought. I think this is a very good get. Um, very athletic kid. Really big for the year he's in. Plays off ball. Could play press. Um, just a ball hawk. Go go and get the ball out of the air. Uh, I think it's a real good get. People get caught up in the stars, but this kid's far far ways out, man. They got this kid is definitely gonna be a um, a four star around the ninety two range. He's gonna be graded pretty high. Um, Great athlete, man. This would be what you want out of a DB. I think he plays corner. Now he plays both ways. I think he plays corner on – they're recruiting him at DB, and I think he plays DB on um, on the next level. Uh, good get by the staff. Shout out to Jules. Nick, any thoughts? I don't know what they're doing in the 2022 class, but 2023, it seems like they're, they're they cooking. Clean, cleaning up right now. Um, so maybe just waving the white flag on 22 and uh, going all in on 23. But, yeah, I think everything Silk just said looks like a really athletic kid. Um, and then when you're looking at – if you start looking at the depth chart, I mean, obviously Kyrie's going to be gone. Uh, Jason Marshall will be going into his junior year when Gates gets to campus. So, you know, this is probably a position, you know, at DB where you're going to need to get some guys uh, in this class. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that when I watched his highlight tape, and you would have just seen it if you're watching on YouTube, uh, he's a guy that I think spies the quarterback really well and makes really instinctive movements. He's He's fast. Um, but he just seems like a guy that has a knack for for the football and, and making plays. Uh, he also plays wide receiver. He's got uh, you know good speed, good uh, good breakaway speed too. Um, but one of the other things that I like about him is you know obviously this is a highlight tape, so you don't know everything. But he seems like a really sure tackler. He does a lot of squaring up. He does a lot of 
actually tackling rather than going for uh, for the ankles or the legs um, like you're you're ought to see uh, with some some defensive backs. So I think that he's a, a very talented player. I'm surprised that he's a three star just looking at his tape. Um, I would have him as a low four star, um, but I think that he's going to be a guy that that climbs the uh, the rankings uh, that you see over the next few years. You know, uh, the Gators have. Uh, three commitments in that class. They've got uh, a couple of uh, three stars and then a um, a four star. Let me just pull that up real quick. Pardon me here. So he joins Raymond Cottrell and Mac Markway, uh, who are both uh, top 100 players uh, on Rivals.com. So uh, the class is already starting strong. And then uh, the, the loan commitment that they got out of 2024, uh, running back Jared Gibson uh, is considered the number one running back in his class and is a five-star there. So uh, a lot of good recruiting for the 2023 and 2024 class uh, that's just getting started now. It's a matter of Closing down on this 2022 class where uh, on 247, they are ranked, I believe, number 16 right now. So, um, again, a, a good get for the Gators and, and look forward to, to watching Aaron Gates uh, his junior and senior year. All right, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Game Time. So if you're looking for officially licensed stainless steel drinkware, uh, give Game Time Sidekicks a uh, a look, uh, gametimesidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM, get 10% off your order. Uh, they've got over 350 schools. They do multiple uh, professional leagues. They do golf as well. Um, all stainless steel vacuum insulated tumblers. Um, just a, an incredible product. Nick, I know you have a number of them. Uh, really, really um, proud of their product. and really proud of their sponsorship. So again, gametimesidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM and get 10% off of your order. When we get our stadium and Gale Cups, I think we'll, that'll be a, a feature for me. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. We got to get uh, that file over. We got to get those uh, made here soon. So uh, those will be on sale that you can go check out uh, and support our boys over at Game Time Sidekicks. Uh, Gators kickoff against FAU this weekend. Uh, the spread right now is Gators minus 24 and a half. Over under is 52 and a half uh, today. Uh, Willie Tiger. Uh, announced that former Miami quarterback Nikosi Perry is going to start over his son, Willie Taggart Jr., at the quarterback position. Uh, all time, the Gators are 3-0 against FAU. The last time that they played, uh, the Gators won 20-14 uh, in overtime. Uh, they beat them 41-3 in 2011 and then 59-20 in 2007. So, boys, want to get your thoughts uh, on this game. Let's start with you, Nick. Yeah, I think it's tough. Um I, I I don't think I've been trying to cover FAU. I don't think they have anyone even down there um, that, that covers FAU on you know a day to day basis. Um, no, I got somebody coming on the big three roll up tomorrow. Uh, they actually talked to us about FAU football. That's wild. I thought Lane left and the media went with him. It's just a well. The first person that I I hit up said no. Uh, this other guy took over my job. I quit. Um, so that's how I got my guy. But I got to have somebody come on and talk about the Owls. They don't have nothing going on, but I'm excited hoot, to hoot, see. Hoot. What's up? I said hoot, hoot, hoot. It's like an owl noise. Sorry. It's the crib, man. I'm, I'm, uh, it's going to hurt It's gonna hurt me to see my, my local team get beat to shreds by my favorite team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm more excited for Drake's app or seeing FAU. Now. I'm excited to see FAU um, more than I am about Drake's album just because I want to see what Emory brings out here. I don't think 
anybody well, that doesn't really mean you're excited about offensive. FAU. That means you're excited about seeing the Gators. Yeah, I'm excited about a blowout. I like I like seeing fun stuff. It's gonna be exciting just running down the field and blowing past an inferior team. Mm. You get a field day. That the first game when you was a Gator fan growing up was the field day, man. You finna go yeah. blow out Eastern Michigan or somebody like that. Like you about to get some crazy stats that you get on Nintendo. It's about to be insane. I'm just glad that's that I don't have to count on Austin Harden, you know, this season. What? Listen, I'm, I'm just glad that I don't have to count on Austin Harden to make a For last sure. second field goal. How was that that game? <laughs> Silk went to that game thinking that the Gators were going to roll like 63 to 14. All of a sudden, he's got himself a nail biter at the end. My wife's asking all these questions like, what happened to the white quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, took steroids or something. I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain this right now. I just want to be FAU. <laughs> just not, not now. <laughs> not right not now. Time. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was at a, a friend of mine's wedding and we were watching that because, you know, six, six, seven hours before the wedding actually started, we all go meet at a bar, think the game would be over in the first quarter. And there we all are like late to our photos because none of us have gotten dressed because we're hoping that Austin Harden, you know, can get his act together for nine and a half seconds. And sure enough, you know, he proved us all wrong. That was a frustrating day of my life. Like, I'll tell you unnecessarily. What, I'll tell you, that game was frustrating. The Furman game a few years before, maybe the year oh, before man. that, that was a frustrating game. Um, what was the Jelani Jenkins like uh, block punt return? What game was that? Went to extra. It went to oh, extras. I'm in baseball mode. Went to overtime. Is that Furman or was it like Louisiana Lafayette maybe? I think it was Louisiana Lafayette. Um yeah, it was ULL. The Furman game was when they went down like twenty-one to seven in like the first quarter. Um, Bro, I so Florida was uh, as Will Muschamp likes to say was a game away from the national championship in twenty twelve, and then I came on the beat in twenty thirteen. And boy, I've covered some bad football. I've right. covered some. I've covered some bad. It might be me. They might. Corey might need to fire me and get me out of town. I covered two four and eight seasons as well. Woo! But I made it. Like, I have this talent. I made it feel like we won national championships that year because I'm just that like obnoxious. But yeah, <laughs> I survived the big three roll up, man, with two four and eight seasons. Imagine that's rough. That. That's right. rough. And you, had, I mean, you had you had Newberg with the Jameis years while 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 you're trying to stand in the paint. No, I didn't get any Jameis years. Oh, okay. I had to tell in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he got him when um, when they he would consistently ask who the second best program uh, in the state of Florida was, only for them to. It's definitely no, not uh, your internet. I'm... Nah. <laughs> that was good, too. You got, you got, whatever you said again, bro. That was good. Yeah, 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 it looks like you're on I the way. I said, that, I, I said that Silk had to deal with Newberg asking every guest who the second best team in Florida was, only for them to go uh, under 500 that year. And he said the curse. I mean, they, they haven't been the same since as he started at who the second best. They're like the fifth best in the state. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're wondering right now who the same best team in Florida is. I, it might be St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, which which has a, a couple of uh, couple of players on the FAULs. I think the, I think the uh, long snapper is a, uh, a Raider. What are you, like, you got this long snapper fetish? Listen, man, it's it's uh, it's an STA pride thing. Uh, I think oh, Harrison okay, I forgot that connection. Oh, my bad. I, th- I my think bad. I think Harrison texted me that the uh, long snapper for FAU is from St. Thomas. I had no idea. I didn't fact check him. I just you know said it as fact. Again, talking with my chest, it sounded good. I don't know why you're calling me out. Nah, you're a special teams kind of guy. So, yes, yeah, sir. That's my bad. <laughs> 
Let's see a couple players um, to be on the lookout for Johnny Ford uh, transfer from USF um, is going to be the starting running back uh, for them. Sits at only five foot five, which in my opinion is quite short um, for division one running back. But again, that's considered their most electric player for anything. Yeah. It's more like an equestrian team type of guy, you know? Um, And then Zion Gilbert is a preseason all-conference USA uh, pick at defensive back. Uh, Had a couple interceptions last year. Um, FAU had a, a, I think, an okay uh, scoring defense last year. Uh, Absolutely atrocious on offense. And Willie Taggart is their head coach. So I wouldn't imagine a level of competence improving year over year. But um, here we find ourselves, Willie Taggart, um, former Florida State coach, uh, never got the chance to make it to Gainesville uh, during his tenure at uh, Florida State, fired before uh, that game. Yep. Um, do you guys think that the Gators will beat FAU by more points on Saturday or they would have beat them by more points two seasons ago if he was a head coach at FSU? Mm, that's that's, that's a hell a of a hypothetical question. Yeah, that, that might be that a tie, game. though. It's hard to choose. I'm going to go um, more versus FSU because I think that's Trask was kind of just getting into the into the role there. And Dan Dan's kind of got that urban in him where um, it, it's a rivalry game. I'll try to score 75 where I think if you're up 30 points game one um, versus, versus FAU, you're you know not necessarily taking your foot off the gas, but you're putting other people in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, so Nick, what do you, let, let's go through some score predictions and what do you, the over under 52 and a half uh, Gators, 24 and a half. Uh, do you think the Gators cover? Do you have it over under uh, or if you want to give a score prediction? I honestly think FAU might be a tougher game than USF um, next week. Um, I will say for it covers. Um, and I want, I want to go Florida in the, under like I don't think FAU scores more than like ten, and Florida scores somewhere in the thirties, high thirties. Okay, so you you have the under. Okay, Florida um, covers and under. Yeah, Florida covers and under. All right, Silk. What about you? Yeah, we cover. You know, I go big, man. <laughs> Pause. Um, no, I yeah. to say you gonna do it, do it big. Then. Yeah, sure, he sure did. Um, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> over under fifty two and a half. That definitely sounds like something boozy would say. You know, that's a nice ad lib. He sure did. <laughs> um, you have a score prediction, so just big points. Yeah, I'm gonna go score prediction. Give me. I'm back in Burgerland, man. It's that time of the year, Dan. Dan's Burgers? Do we Dan need to bring Dan's Burgers shirts back? Burger making Dan. Dan. Back at it again. Back at it again. You know the vibes, man. Uh, give me give me about 48 of them things. I'll tell you 48 of them things. I think Grantham is with the shits, man. They get 10. Okay. That's 24 yeah. double cheeseburgers if you keep scoring home. Hey, man. Yeah. It sure is. Uh, what was your score prediction, Nick Nicholas? Yeah, I don't think he had one. He's not. I, know, to go I gave myself a wide range. I said high thirties to ten. 
So I gave myself anywhere from yeah, 35 to 39. That's, that's weak for sure. I don't think right. 35 would be considered a high number. 36 I believe, to 39. I believe that would be considered a mid number. Listen, I'm going to go as low as I can, and I'll start inching up until you stop calling me out for it. If we okay. don't hit the 40s, yeah, the timeline definitely up. Somebody got fired if we didn't hit 40. Somebody, oh, some, some, some win a little or, bit. or some quarterbacks getting benched for another quarterback. I just know it already. I know the tweets. I know that they're sitting in drafts. I know some gifts are ready to be dropped. Put Del Rio in. I'm yeah. sick of this. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see some, some AR-15 like scopes out there. I'm going to see all sorts of stuff out there. Um. All right. So, all right. Let's see. Um, I have the Gators winning. Uh, I'm going to go with 45 to 13. Uh, 40. I'm going to go with 45 to 17. I think that that oh, FAU no. scores late. Uh, I'm mean, just a quick adjustment there. 45 to 17. Uh, Gators run away. It's one of those scores that they add on. You know, something late and weird there. But uh, you know, we we go uh, as we as we go. Um. So is it, a, is it a is it a fire tie Grantham fourteen or is it like a ah no one even cared about that last touchdown like it was ten you can't until firing nobody for fourteen points ah so listen they fired uh, you, Grantham uh, Gator Gator's Twitter would find a way to fire somebody for for just about anything um they're a little unhinged I get it but in real life like like who was gonna sit around on a Saturday afternoon and fire a guy that just gave up fourteen points Gator's Twitter you're right my bad yeah it's just uh, tripping. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get in. We've got we got two special guests today. Uh, we've got um, Miller, um, famously of the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl um, Twitter account, um, who's not fond of high fashion Hawaiian. Uh, we also <laughs> we also we also have Chris Doring joining the show today, both for for brief stop ins. Um, Real Not quick, sure. before yeah. we do, before we do get out of like all of this this football, uh, Jaheim Singletary, which is like very important recruitment advice. He was formerly committed to Ohio State. Uh, he's visiting with the whole family in town this weekend, so that is some no no noteworthy uh, recruiting information. Um, if y'all see him, you know NIO's out, so y'all just give him a holler. <laughs> just take whatever twenties you have in your uh, in your pocketbook. That- all right. That count? He's like, yo, twenty bucks for a picture. I don't see why not. I don't know how this stuff works. Um, if you don't have an attorney present, where's, like, where's he from? Because FHSA I'm not, said I'm not no. Darren Heitner, so I don't want to like tell he's... kids what to do. But come on, we need y'all me see to... him. At least say hi. Is what new, I'm saying. New new segment: Silk's legal advice of the week. No, oh, no, that would be that an incredible one. segment. We need to find a, a law firm that would sponsor that. I don't think they would want to be held liable with my shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. As as obviously a, a massive fan of the city of Jacksonville, I feel like I should be uh, the one to uh, to break bread with Shaheem Singletary and, and bury this hatchet. Hmm. Speaking of lawyers. Speaking of lawyers, yes, sir. Right. Vari's Lord Vari, you gotta you gotta you gotta host him on the visit. That's who we gotta host him, man. We gotta we gotta land this kid. These types of get kids we need. Now he's Vari, on campus. He got the family. He's he's right down the street. Sorry, we're taking to salty. Yeah, I take the balls, and that's how you secure the bag. Pause. Very good. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's 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 bring on um, a new friend of the program. Um, the Gators uh, are not playing in um, in in this game. Um, but we got into an interesting little conversation uh, on Twitter. Uh, I believe it was last Tuesday. 
Um, myself and uh, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Uh, Just say it, Dan. We're, we're bringing you. We're bringing your internet bully on the show. Yeah, we are. So you guys so, can hash it out. Um, so we. Uh, so Duke's Mayo put out a a, a fascinating tweet. Um, and if you know my long history, you know um, my despise of, of mayonnaise. Um, I think that it is, uh, it's gross. Um, I, I truly do. I, I, oh. I don't like it. I don't like it on anything. Um, however, um, I had the opportunity to, to see a tweet that they had. Uh, I believe any sprinkles. anything that's a crazy take right there on yeah. anything whatsoever. No, um, my, my, my dad used to put it in, um, like canned tuna fish, um, when I was yeah. a, a young boy, but, um, actually I think he used uh, miracle whip and it wasn't even the real mayo. I know Miller's over here and we'll get him on here in a second. Just making faces. I know. Trust <laughs> me. I, I was like, I was like eight years old, you know? Um, so they said, uh, name a better alliance than tomatoes, bread, salt, pepper, and Duke's Mayo. Now the Duke's Mayo bowl, Twitter handle, and the Duke's Mayo classics, they are hosting the, the Clemson, Alabama, or pardon me, the Clemson, Georgia game, as well as the Eastern Carolina app state game uh, over Labor Day weekend. Um, I was made aware of this tweet to which I responded, well, Mayo's trash, so everything would be a better alliance. So uh, Miller, and this is your, your perfect opportunity for you to chime in here. Um, Miller responded from the Duke's Mayo Classics account, Dan, the only <laughs> thing that hurts us worse than your tweet oh, is looking at your shirt. Um, to which I, a, a proud uh, fan of, of Duvin Design based out of Winter Garden, Florida, um, was, was offended. Um, and so I fired back with, I'm sorry that you just – I think I said uh, yeah, it's called yeah, fashion. Look it up. But it got to a point where I was so murdered already by, <laughs> by Miller um, that I just had to take my L and just stay off Twitter for the rest of the day. Just – I was personally hurt by it. So, Miller, we welcome you to the show, my friend. Oh, man. I appreciated that. Uh, the intro was incredible. I I will say that you took the L well, and in, in turn, you won. <laughs> Like I think mm. the people who can just roll with the the random jokes are the best, whereas people who try to fight back are always like, you know, you're just fighting with. Nah, that shirt was hideous. He had to take that L, my guy. Did you take it out the closet? That, yeah. So, so I. I mean, Why are you wearing it tonight? You yeah, should yeah, be wearing the shirt should, right I, now. I should. I'll bring it out here in a second, but um. So, so Miller, I want to ask. I mean, social media over the last you know five six years has really taken a turn from like corporate bowls, corporate, you know, teams and, you know, just good companies as a whole, really adding a lot of personality to, to Twitter. Tell us, I mean, tell us a little bit about your story and then I want to dive into a little bit more of a specific question. And I, I will add that I should not be the one making fun of shirts. I work in sports media. That means we wear <laughs> either free golf polos, their dry fit, or just plain button up. So I, I should not say anything. But I, uh, I've been really fortunate. I've been working um, on this social media account since 2014. Actually, was previously employed full time by the Charlotte Sports Foundation, who owns and operates what was the belt bowl at the time. Yeah. Worked there, transitioned off for a little bit, and actually came back full time this year. Um, and was part of la last year. We introduced the Duke's Mayo Bowl. The Duke's Mayo as a sponsor. But it kind of all goes back to 2014. I, I was talking to my boss, uh, Danny Morrison, and he's someone who's done a ton of stuff. He's been pretty incredible in the sports world and we we're talking about why we've been somewhat successful in social media and i think as in 2014 college football changed with the introduction of the playoff mm -hmm. and no one was the bowl system changed and all the bowls were trying to say buy tickets buy tickets and what we looked at it was 
no one wants to engage with a bowl game in September, August, November. Instead, why don't we just be a part of the college football landscape and appreciate what it is and just have fun with it? And what we found was people appreciated the fact that we weren't just sending out ticket links. And also uh, people appreciated the fact that like when it came time to bowl selection, they already had an affinity for what we were doing. And they viewed us as part of the college football landscape because we made fun of ugly shirts uh, and we (laughs) made jokes. But rather than just kind of sticking to your traditional hashtag follow Fridays and all that. Oh, there it is. The shirt. (laughs) I had to to make a costume change, you know. Miller, you said you were you were doing the Belk Bowl also before because the Belk Bowl was. was a fantastic social account, and yeah, that was really was. the first one that I noticed that, like you said, wasn't just showing up. You know, uh, second week in December, third week in December after the selection show, saying, "Hey, here are our two teams, and please come to the game." You guys were all throughout the season talking about you know anything that was relevant. It, it might even be teams that weren't going to go to the belt bowl or couldn't have gone to the belt bowl, just talking and staying relevant in the college football sphere. I think my most popular and the account stayed the same. It just changed the name. And I think mm-hmm. that's something people think like the name, the, when a bowl's renamed and stuff, it's the same people. It's the same account. And Dukes has been a phenomenal sponsor by understanding that that's what kind of brought a success. They have not given me any notes, anything like that. And I was, ra- I was, I had good parenting. I was raised on Dukes mayonnaise. Unlike some people who didn't oh, have good man. mayonnaise. Oh. Uh, oh, I thought uh, the bullying was yeah. over. Oh, yeah. This is supposed to be a therapy hey, session, guys. Yeah, shout out to my dad. He's a listener of this show. <laughs> let, let him know that that's probably why I don't eat mayo. I just never got exposed to the good stuff. You know, it's funny. It's almost like you know, like we were growing up, we were like given like boiled Brussels sprouts, and we know like that's a nasty food now. <laughs> but it's actually a good food. It tastes good when cooked right. Like Dan uh, must have gotten Hellman's. That's why he doesn't like mayonnaise. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. We have really embraced just not, unfortunately, we have some big games this year, but um, our most popular tweet is making fun of Nick Saban, joking that I think in 2015, like they blew out someone in the SEC title game. And we just randomly tweeted, like, we can confirm Alabama's not playing in the Belk Bowl this year. And like, obviously, they're undefeated. They're <laughs> winning the SEC championship game. And then like, it true. blew up. But the best thing is like Alabama yeah. fans thought that that was for real, mm-hmm. like thinking that we are not joking about it. No, yeah. they don't handle like success well, like <laughs> Bama fans. They they don't really know they like the the big dog in the room. They they they'll argue with absolutely anybody. You should see them <laughs> Miami fans right now. It's crazy. I mean, I should hop into that. That's if I wasn't busy this week, that sounds like something I would really enjoy. Oh, that's um, a cesspool. So so Miller, obviously mayonnaise has like a, a pretty like I, I guess uh, a polar fan base of, of those that love it. And it seems like those that hate it, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I think Mayo's okay. Um, does that, do you see a lot of that? Or like, what's it like to be a part of a brand that's like pretty polar compared to like, well, bottom tier I don't condiment. know, like Tostitos, you know? Yeah, no, I, it, it is interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, we went from obviously with the Belk, like it was the people didn't know what Belk was. Right. Or people like loved it. Right. Um, for this, it is people either love or hate mayo, and that's perfectly fine. But he, the thing is also like there's another like diehard thing is if what if you like Duke's mayo is almost like a cult. Like there's right. people who walk around with, like Duke's mayo tattoos and collect like gear and stuff like that, and it's pretty tattoos. Incredible. Yeah, like ma- like the jar Duke's, tattoos. Duke's is big in the south. Yeah, you, like you don't you don't, put, you don't put anything but Duke's like in, in your yeah. macaroni salad. It's just Duke's. 
Like I'm seriously, sorry, you can go into someone's you, house and like you decline be food. Some other type of fat to be mayonnaise <laughs> tattoo. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, listen, that's I've been, wild to I've me. I've been, I've been to, I've been to A twelve of the fourteen SEC towns. Dukes is the predominant mayonnaise in the South. And is the thing is, if you eat Dukes, you don't eat the other stuff. Like it is like you are. It's almost like even more so than a Heinz ketchup. Imagine well, Heinz I'm ketchup. Not. Is Florida not the South? Because like my people eat hells, man. Hell, no, so Florida's not the know. South. As a North Carolinian, <laughs> I'll say that's disrespectful. I, my my wife's family. Fact, lives Dan's there. shirt is nice now. I actually like that. Art Deco, you know. I, I've been to yeah. both schools in in Mississippi. I can tell you, Duke's is a big thing. Yeah. Um. So Miller, want to want to talk to you? Obviously, um. Dude, I loved you following you you know, on social media. You guys are absolutely hysterical now. Um, I took the L, and I'm willing to admit it in front of all you know, 15,000, 20,000 people that listen to this that uh, that I got God. It doesn't happen on Twitter often. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, yeah, it happens all the time. You just don't recognize it. But but that's the one that got me, so I appreciate you uh, you, you giving me that. I've got I've to get better. That, that's me working on my Twitter game. But, um, but Miller, I want to talk. You guys have – uh, a big game. You have the, the Clemson George game, uh, the pinnacle game uh, of Labor Day weekend. Um, touch us a little bit about that game. What's your What's your opinion on it? Yeah, it, it, it's uh, when I came back to the foundation this year. That was something that certainly brought me back. Also, some, we're doing a Jumpman invitation with Jordan Brand next year, a basketball tournament. So we are, as a sports foundation, are bringing large events to Charlotte, which is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. We have we also have a game on Thursday night. You mentioned it earlier between yeah. ECU and App, which is a regional rivalry, and that's uh, that's going to be fun as someone who grew up in North Carolina. But this huge game with Clemson Georgia is going to bring so much attention to the city, and also like. It, I, I think it is the probably the most captivating kickoff game I could think of in a while. Yeah. Certainly there's been other matchups like this close in, uh, in ranking, but I think in terms of these two teams are very similar and also not separated by very far like geography. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I think it, as a PR person, I think it's really important for me to say this is important for Charlotte. Like yeah. we're still in a pandemic. It's been a year and a half. We haven't had a major event and we're anticipating hundred thousand plus people coming to the city. The hotel rooms are twice the price they should, like they usually are. They're full. Restaurants are full. It's kind of meaning a lot to those hospitality industries. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like that's the impact of these games is actually helping, you know, people, you know, bring bread home and stuff like that. And and that's a big part of what sporting events do for a city like Charlotte. Got the mayonnaise. Got to bring that bread home. Yep. See, I'm all about the food puns. Boom. God, we love a good food pun. All right, uh, Miller. Who do you who do you have? Uh, are you allowed to say, or does your contract uh, limit you from predicting this, <laughs> this win? I, I, I uh, it's it's funny. I um, when you start working in these games, you uh, kind of give up the caring as much. But it's very. Fun. I went to a small school called Furman, and our yeah. biggest rival was Appalachian State. So this is a. It's very difficult for me to like cheer for Appalachian. And, thing is we want a close tight game that goes for a while because yeah. it helps us with the ratings so it's tough for me to not want app to get destroyed and then uh i have a graduate degree from clemson so i i i just want my grandparents keep asking me do you want clemson to win big i was like i just want a close game potentially overtime and we want good tv ratings and <laughs> that's, that's right all i just want everybody to have fun yeah miller you'll you'll be surprised that we were reminiscing just before you came on about the florida gators Furman game from mm-hmm. I think it was 2011 or 2012 where you guys came out to a uh, a very large uh, i think 21 to 7 uh first quarter uh win i mean it, it ended up bouncing in the gators favor but uh we we're talking about games that just like 
ruined your day. And that was one of them for me. Well, you're welcome. I remember <laughs> I was on the opposite of thinking of how exciting this was going to be and how amazing. And then the letdown of, but then we got, we tagged UCF a few years later. So I guess yeah. it made up for it. Yeah. I love it. Anytime we can humble UCF fans is always a uh, great day. Have you ever been to Boone Miller? Uh, I have. I have. It's a beautiful town. It is really nice. I played uh, baseball in Greensboro my freshman year, which just happened to be uh, the 2007 season. Um, small D3 school, so kids from all over North Carolina. Week one, App State beats Michigan. Buddy runs into my dorm room, says, I'm from Boone. Do you want to go? This is the best thing that's ever happened to the town. I was like, sure. And I think the entire city – and even the people that live up in the mountains that don't even fill out their census papers were down <laughs> in Boone. Um, that was a, a wild night in uh, in Boone, North Carolina, for me. Only time I've ever been. That's a beautiful town. It was a disaster that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Miller, did we appreciate you coming on, man? Again, thank you for for humbling me, um, right, reminding me who I am. Um, which is a guy that's just still trying to make it on these Twitter streets. Yeah, I, I love it. I love you're leading into it. I love the calling yourself Danny Nays or <laughs> don't, don't ever uh, I keep swinging. And I think like the way you handle it's the best. The, yeah. It's a, it's really tough to argue with an inanimate bowl game or yeah, football is, game. Yeah. So just, I think you guys you like best well. friends though. Yeah, we sure are. Yeah, we hopped into each other's DMs. I was a little skeptical at first, and then I got I got the follow, and then I shot him a little skeptical face, and we uh we bared the hatchet quickly. But uh, dude, Miller, you uh you've been fantastic. Um, let everybody know where they can find uh you on on social media, and then um pump the tires of the games you guys got again. Yeah, for sure. I I'm on Twitter, but I'm hardly uh as intelligent or funny as what the game tries <laughs> to be. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's just at Miller Yoho. Um, but I'd say follow all our social accounts. We have a yeah. lot of fun for the games. We we try to give it from the fans' perspective. I tell the teams all the time, I could care less what happens in your locker room. We want to, you know, I remember 2018, my favorite thing we did was we found just South Carolina's getting demolished and like a kid was falling asleep in the stands and I just go take pictures of them because that's what's funny to me. Um, and that's what college football is. It's supposed to be fan reactions, yeah. laughing, marching bands, stuff like that. And that's what we want to lean into. Absolutely, man. Well, Miller, we appreciate you so much for coming on. Best of luck uh, this week with both games you guys got. And, and we look forward to continuing to follow. And we hope you guys get uh, a great bowl game as well, man. But uh, thank thanks for not taking your job too seriously and have a great time with it, man. Hey, it's the best job in the world. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Absolutely. All thanks, right, Miller. Take it easy. Thanks, Miller. Awesome. Oh, nice. man. You got to bury the hatchet live on air. I think you wanted to bury the hatchet in that shirt so it'd be ripped and you wouldn't wear it anymore. I'm a, I'm gonna wear this shirt uh, when to my uh, to my funeral so it can let me down <laughs> one last time, you know. <laughs> oh, oh my man. goodness, um, Nick! I know you have a hard stop in, in a, a little bit of time for uh, for some interviews, and we got Chris Doering coming on uh, here shortly. But I want to get into some preseason predictions um, and a little buy or sell before we uh, before we uh, have to let you run. Um, so as always, uh, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com. Use promo code SG, get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $100. Signing up helps us. You depositing money helps us as well. So again, visit PrizePicks.com. Uh, it's just that time where college football, uh, NFL, um, all of those, those, those picks and opportunities for you to be able to, uh, to do some parlays, things of that nature. So check out PrizePicks.com. Use promo code uh, SG. Um, 
we've got Chris Doring in the waiting room. So let's run through these real quick. Um, just two minutes here. So uh, preseason predictions, win-loss record. So, yeah. Uh, mark me down for two L's. I'll go two. Um, but we're back in Atlanta. We beat Georgia. Nick? That's, that's tough. I mean, who's Georgia's second loss? I don't know. You can pick it. I mean, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Auburn. They got cake. They got cake from the West. Why do you have to argue with logic? I don't you, know. You, yeah, you consistently like, don't come with facts. I'm going to take my whole take. Like, uh, I'm going nine and three. Nine and three. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go ten and two uh, as well. I think that the Gators uh, have a have a good season. Um, let's see. Uh, leading rusher on the team. So mm. that's tough. Make one right. Emory Jones in the caravan. Emory Jones leads the Gators in rushing. Uh, I don't. I don't see that. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I like Naquan Wright a lot, but for uh, for just throwing Mark something else down. out there, I'm going to go Damian Pierce. Nick, that that is not. I I will be for sure. I can't uh, wait for our recap show. I cannot wait either. And I'm going to bury you worse than that 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 tub of mustard mayonnaise did. I almost said mustard. That's a, that's a wild that's a wild take, Nick. Um, so you have Emory Jones versus the field. I'll take the field. I like yeah. it. Um, leading receiver. Justin Shorter. Most yards. Sorry, this will be most yards. Justin, Justin Shorter. Okay. Um, me and Jacob Copeland. They got hmm. chemistry. That's they boys. I go with Cope. I think I think it's going to be tight. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Justin Shorter as well. I think Trent Whittemore is your second highest uh, receiving our uh, receiver love, this season. Love that take, Dan. Thank you. Um, who leads the team in interceptions? Uh, Jason Marshall. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like both of that. Uh, I'm going to go Kyrie Elam. Um, I think that they're, I think they're going to throw. I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure. I think the quarterbacks are going to have to make, uh, some, uh, some quick decisions. And, and I think that, uh, Kyrie Elam leads the team with, uh, I believe I said it. So if I'm wrong, uh, what, what my number was earlier, I think I said five. Um, I think the Kyrie Elam gets five and leads the Gators, uh, in interceptions this season. Uh, who leads the team in sacks? Bogle me. Chris Bogle. Y'all already know this Bogle hop over here, man. Double down. Very good. Nick, are you bo you bo you bogling as well? Um, prediction article uh, on Rivals. So I'm just like riding those you predictions. These like, I can't, I can't, no, I just can't afford to be wrong twice. Like if I picked someone mm. in my arm, someone else here and they're both wrong, like I'm just going to, I'm just going to double down, uh, put the card face down and I'm still in Vegas and we'll figure it out. Yeah. No, I, I like, uh, I like Nick doubling down. I, I just think a, a little bit uh, about how the sausage is made. Uh, Nil, Nick and Nick, Nick, Jeez, Nil, Nick, 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 bro, um, bro, Nick, Nick hopped into the DMs with eight predictions. He said, Hey guys, I need to go for 10. So we gave him a bunch. We gave him a bunch of bold predictions that he could use. I, and he, he used none of them. He stuck with eight. Uh, so, um, that's disappointing journalism. Um, I don't feel like you trust me either, Nick. 
Um, sure so Bogle, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Brent Cox. I think this is the year that he, uh, he shines up. So, um, Nick, I know that you may have to leave during the middle of this, but let's bring, uh, former stadium and Gale, uh, alum, uh, university of Florida legend, uh, on, uh, Chris Doering. Chris, I think this is your third time on the show, man. We'll always appreciate it when you come on. No, it's always great to be on with you guys. I'm sorry that, uh, it's been so hard to get this figured out, but I appreciate your flexibility. It's a busy week this week with the uh, game week kicking off, man. So, uh, thanks for hanging in there with me. Yeah, Chris, absolutely. For anyone watching on YouTube, Chris has what my backdrop is aspiring to be. We're, 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 we're working on it. Uh, what's what's crazy? What's I crazy think, about I don't that? My high school baseball jersey will look yeah. the same uh, right. as a UF uh, football jersey back there, though. It's coming along, man. I um, this was perfect for for the pandemic, man. I, yeah. You know, it worked out well with us having to do a lot of stuff from home with the SEC network. So it uh, kind of came into place by accident, man. I love it. Well, Chris, I uh, want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, it won't take too much of your time today. Um, obviously, the Gators are coming in with a lot of question marks. You have a new quarterback. You've, you've got a, a new crop of wide receivers. Uh, you've got a new tight end. Uh, you've got a lot of new names and faces on defenses, or pardon me, on defense. Uh, how do you, you think that the, this Gators team shapes up going into the beginning of the year? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was listening to you guys talk about some of the predictions, and, and uh, I believe Nick went with – Emory Jones is the leading rusher. I'm not sure Emory Jones is the starting quarterback by the end of the year. I'm not so sure he's the starting quarterback Whoa, anytime team. soon. I mean, I, I, you know, having heard even dating back to the spring, I, I, you know, had heard reports about uh, Anthony Richardson and how well he's been doing, and and I've had a chance to see some of it for myself. You know, there, there's just something about the way offenses run with rhythm with certain guys, and um, you know, I think it's I think it's much more of a competition than maybe what. A lot of people are, are giving credit to uh, to Anthony Richardson's abilities right now. Let's uh, tell our producers to go back. We're going to read you that segment. Yeah, I like that. I like, I like, I'm glad he brought that heat. <laughs> yeah, I, like right. um, I, I want to ask you this. It's something I, uh, I brought up when I was um, doing a radio interview. I know Dan's always hard on his quarterbacks, um, but I've just felt like he's gone out of his way because I guess we all assumed in the media that Emory would be the starter. So we're asking questions about him, and it's almost like every time – He's asked about Emory. He goes out of his way to bring up Anthony. And I know that he's been hard on quarterbacks and their performance, you know, uh, in post-game interviews and stuff like that. But that was something interesting to me that, you know, every time we mentioned Emory, he would bring up Anthony. Yeah. Well, it, let's be honest, man. I come from the school of, of dueling quarterbacks and competing at every single position. You know, Coach Burry was not afraid to, to make guys – uh, have to earn and keep their jobs at the quarterback position. So I, I love the fact that Dan's promoting competition at that spot, as they are at everywhere. I mean, I think w what you're looking at trying to do it at, at uh, being the best schools in the SEC, you got to accumulate talent and you got to you know promote competition at every single position. And I think that that's where Florida is right now. You know, my hope is that they can develop some talent on the defensive line because I don't think they were as good or as deep as they needed to be last year, and that hurt the entire defense. But, um, you know, I, I love what Dan Mullen does with his quarterbacks. I love the flexibility in his offense. You saw something totally different from Kyle Trask last year than you saw when he was at Mississippi State or, or even when you saw Felipe Franks originally. And something very different than you'll see this year. So I, I think he's the best schemer, play designer, and play caller that there is in the SEC. And I think he, you know, what he's been able to do to, to work around an offensive line that's below average, in my opinion, is, is very – um, has been pretty amazing to me. And I, I think the way that he's utilized um, the quarterbacks, the way he has, and, and you know, it's completely pivoting from what he was doing with, with Felipe to, to what he became with Kyle Trask is, is a, a credit to uh, his coaching ability. Real quick, uh, Chris, 
I I've never seen it. Do you think Dan Mullen to bench Emory? What Emory has to do to get benched in your mind? You I, I, I mean, have we heard? Series you get benched? Have we heard anything about him being named the starter? I don't. I think we've all just presumed that Emory was going to be I the think starter. McGee did. Yeah, yeah. I, McGee was the first one to say he's the number one guy, which yeah. I thought you know finally someone said it, but. It hasn't been said a lot, though, you know, no, and right. I and I, I think we'll see a, a heavy dose, a dose of both of them. And, and you guys know this, like I like it. Watching, watching practice when you have quarterbacks like Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, you're not going to get a real feel for what they're able to do because you're not hitting the quarterback. You know, they're 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 blowing it dead. So I- until we see those guys with the bullets flying, and who has the composure in the pocket, who can make the throws that they're asking to, but more importantly, who can create. When plays break down, I think that's the thing that, that I'm looking forward to watching the most is is uh, is how they utilize the quarterbacks in the called uh, quarterback run game, some of the the uh, read option stuff, and then how, how they are able to make plays when when plays aren't made uh, there to be made down the field. Chris, one of the things when I mean, you talked about how great Dan Mullen's offenses are and, and changing and, and having options at quarterback and uh, everything else, but the downfall of Florida last year, uh, despite them having an incredible offense and, and one for the record books, was their defense. Um, do you think the Gators make big strides this year? And um, you know, what do they? What do you think that they have to do to, to really put a, a good product on the field on defense? Uh, I'm going to be a glass half full guy and say they can't be any worse than last year. So it's got to <laughs> be better, right? I mean, that was miserable from, and, and it, that was a much more experienced and, in my opinion, more developed, talented secondary than what Florida has this year. But when you're asked to cover for an extended period of time, it's impossible to to, to maintain you know good leverage in those situations. You've got to find a way to get home with four. You got to find a way to disrupt with your front four in the run game, and Florida couldn't do any of that. You know, you go back and look at the Texas A&M game last year on third down. Kellen Mond ate them up because they were when they brought pressure, they picked it up, and when they weren't able to pick it up, Kellen Mond knew he had to get the ball out of his hands, and he threw it with great accuracy. Like that, that is perfect example of of why Florida was deficient on on the defensive side last year. They get the transfer in from. Uh, Auburn and Newkirk, they get the guy from Penn State. Hopefully that's some depth, but I don't know if those guys are game changers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javon Dexter's got to be – he's got to live up to the hype this year. Uh, nice to have Zachary Carter back, but um, you know, at the end of the day, this is not a defensive line. I'm sorry. It's not a defensive line that Florida is used to putting out there. You know, you, Where's the first-round guys that, that Florida has, has had in, in years past? They, they've got to find a way to recruit better on the defensive line, in my opinion, because those – that's not a position that you can necessarily develop the way you can at other spots. Uh, Chris, want to want to ask you, I guess, some preseason predictions from you. Um, I know you you mentioned uh, Anthony Richardson potentially overtaking Emory Jones. Uh, what other? Uh, I guess, what's your prediction for for this Gators team, and you know, maybe a record or or what do they have to do to be successful uh, this season? Dan, I'm with you, man. I I heard your prediction in terms of the win loss. I think Florida's a nine win team. Um, you know, there there's question marks that could, if answered, could make it a you know another ten win year. Uh, and if not, then you know, Florida, Florida could win seven games. I mean, Florida's got a difficult schedule this year. It's not, um, you know, uh, fortunately, the out-of-conference schedule is a little bit easier. We don't expect Florida State to be great. But you know, having to play Alabama is certainly not a great draw. And having LSU as your permanent West rival is, is a little unfortunate right now. So I, I think Florida catches Alabama at a perfect time, you know, with all the new guys that they have on the offense, with a new offensive coordinator, a quarterback that hadn't started yet. To, to have that be the first SEC game, in a hostile environment. I think Florida has a great chance to win that game in all honesty, and I'm not being a homer there, 
but I also believe that there are m- many more question marks uh, that Florida has. I'm, I'm, it's not going to be popular here amongst your listeners, but I'm, I'm picking Georgia to win uh, the SEC this year, and I think Georgia can win the national championship this year. That's how talented I believe they are on defense. Um, you know, their, their, their quarterback situation off of four games we watched JT Daniels last year was pretty impressive, but uh, the injuries have, have certainly mounted at, at key positions in the secondary at the uh, pass catcher positions and, and on the offensive line now. So there's some question marks to be answered. But you know, I think, uh, again, Florida has overachieved, in my opinion, the last three years. I don't think they were as talented as what Georgia was, but I think they found Dan found mm-hmm. a way to beat teams they shouldn't have probably in his first two years and caught Georgia at a good time last year when they were a little banged up and, and Florida had a lot of experience on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, they've called us banged up too, Chris. <laughs> they have. <laughs> they called us, hey, believe me, there, there is nobody that loves beating Georgia more than me. Uh, but I, I, you know, I go back and look at, at um, you know, I thought two years ago Florida played tight. I thought Florida coached tight as well. If you remember yeah. that game, there was a lot of penalties. We had some substitution, couldn't get guys lined up, couldn't get the calls yeah. in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they got over the hump last year, and so I hope that that makes it a little bit more even uh, going forward, knowing that they can go toe-to-toe with those guys. But um, you know, at, at the end of the day, Florida's got to figure out the quarterback situation. Florida's got to figure out how to, how to be better on the defensive side of the ball than we were last year. Do you think Florida has a better chance of beating Alabama or Georgia this year? That's a good, good question, question, man. I, I, I think Alabama, to be honest with you. I'm <laughs> – I'm a, I, Who I look do you think Kirby Smart is, Chris? <laughs> Kirby Smart had them in the national championship in the second this year. This is Nicholas Saban. Uh, hey, hey, here's the thing, though. I'm the guy that's at the casino and looks across and sees, like, oh, man, it's been 10 straight blacks on the roulette. I'm going over there <laughs> putting one on the red. Every year oh, we man. say Alabama loses a ton. How are they going to do well? They continue to compete. I think this is the year they actually take the step back. Mm. And I, I love – I don't know if you guys talk over-unders here, but give me the under 11.5 wins for Alabama. All they have to do is lose one game and you're cashing that under ticket. Are you kidding me? With all the new pieces they got, man, give me the under there. And give me the under on Clemson as well because I, I think they lose to Georgia in week one and they have the same situation with, the, I think, a, what, a 11.5, 12, 12-win 12, uh, uh, expectation on their total. Should have had you on two weeks ago. I was just in Vegas for a bachelor party. Had an opportunity to hit all those unders. I crushed it. I was out there for Fourth of July, man, and absolutely, it was it was an unbelievable trip, and and uh, finished on the right side in the casino as well. It crushed you, me. I did neither of those things. <laughs> Nick Nick caught a sheet cake to the face by Steve Aoki. Um, we had totally different trips, Chris. Totally different trips. Sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> uh, Chris, um, I want to ask you a little bit about SEC uh, realignment, obviously bringing in Texas and Oklahoma. You have this new alliance-ish thing that may or may not be a thing. It's a gentleman's agreement between three gentlemen that have What's no reason. What is it agreement yeah. on? Like, I, I don't even know what they're talking about. It's like this, oh, well, make it a fancy word the alliance and everybody will think it's awesome like i don't have any idea what they're even talking about at this point so it's like I, it's so like theoretical uh right now that I, I can't even speak to that but i'll say this i'm excited about having texas and oklahoma in the sec i think it's gonna be awesome to go to austin i think it's gonna be great to to go to norman uh two great traditions and, and it was inevitable right i mean it, expansion was gonna happen we're gonna continue to see things kind of change in the world of college football we're in the most turbulent time in the history of college football with name, image, and likeness, with the immediate transfer eligibility. Now we throw in some, some big-time realignment. Might as well go ahead and happen right now. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and, and get to where we're ultimately going to be. 
Uh, but I, I think so. I think in the case of Oklahoma and Texas, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. You know, this this yeah. this ain't the Big Twelve. You, you guys know, man. It, it is a grind in this league, week in and week out. It, and I think you know everybody's talking about Oklahoma being a college football playoff team. You drop them in the SEC this year, and they lose three games. In my mm-hmm. opinion, hmm. what Chris, do you think happens? Your... Sorry, what do you think happens with the 2030, 2031 um, Florida, uh, Florida, Texas series right now? Because obviously at that point, that's a conference game. Do you, do you try to move that up? How do you work that with the contracts? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think that, that they're going to be – I think they'll be in the SEC by 2023, and I think there's a pretty good chance they're in by 2022. So, mm. um, you know, I don't know the legalities of the contract situation. Obviously, things change once they get into the league. But, sure. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to be here long before 2025. Chris, what's your opinion on NIL, and uh, do you have any reservations uh, about um, what's what, how everything's playing out right now? With it? I have a lot of NIL. It, hold on one second, man. Let me put these dogs away. I'm sorry, guys. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to ask Chris, what would be, what would Chris Doring? Sorry about that. Yeah, I have a lot of reservations <laughs> about <laughs> NIL. Like I would have loved it as a player. I think I would have probably cleaned up pretty well, to be honest with you. But I, I think at the same time, like, what are the rules? When the NCAA throws their hands up and says, hey, you, you guys figure it out at the conference level, you guys fin- figure it out you know, at the school level, we're seeing BYU. I think BYU came up with the greatest plan ever where you know, they, they got some private group that's giving every single walk-on uh, paying, paying for their, their schooling. Like, that, to me, is like what Alabama used to do back in the day when they were hiding football players on the swimming team and, and on the tennis team. Like, uh, why, wh- at what point in time are we going to see – where where you know team in the SEC decides to go the same route and people choose to go as a quote unquote walk on to Alabama as opposed to going to you know say Missouri or 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 Kentucky or somewhere like that. Yeah. What would what would your first endorsement have been? Well, that would have. It, it, here's the pro- bad thing about it. I don't think you could endorse like bars and clubs because it certainly would. Back in the day, I mean, I, I TJ Morrissey's was my spot. I mean, I had to be a TJ's yeah, okay. guy. But um, yeah, man, it's something, something uh, party related. Something that, that would be, uh, <laughs> some would be in the good time zone, man. Hey, Chris, what is your thought on uh, Midtown currently in Gainesville? And you, you, um, we have this debate often between Salty Dog versus Balls. Um, if you had to pick one or the other, which side would you be on? Uh, salty Dog, obviously. Oh, oh damn! Nah. I don't know why you did that to yourself. I, I knew did. Chris was a salty dog. I'm setting dog myself guy. up for L's. First, the Duke's mayonnaise bowl, and now Chris Dory. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, Salty Dog is one of those just iconic spots. I'm, I'm sad that the porpoise isn't there anymore. I do like, you know, I like social, but um, here's the thing, man. I got told. Not too long ago, I tried to go into Fats, and they told me I was too old. They told me it was a stupid <laughs> place, so I, I, I'm still not quite over that yet, man. Oh, man. <laughs> they don't even know who they, you are. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> they told you they was too old. They too young. They, they don't know who Chris Dorn is. Right, get about the city. I, I had to tell them my daughter was in there in order to get the interest. So, <laughs> using her to get in bars these days. hilarious. I seen on Twitter you had your uh, ultimate SEC offense. Do you think Matt Corral is the best uh, quarterback in the SEC? I think he's one of the best in the country, man. I think he's the oh, best wow. in the SEC right now. I think he's in a perfect offense, having a chance to come back and and uh, and and after having a season under his belt, made some mistakes through that six interception game against Arkansas. I think he'll learn from that. Uh, but I love what what Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy do there in Oxford, and I think I think he's going to have a chance to have a, a Heisman type year this year. And I think their defense is going to be a lot better, much like Florida's situation. They can't be any worse than they were last year. 
So, you know, they, they, I think Otis Reese is one of the keys to that defense. I, you saw him, mm-hmm. Silk, on my, uh, on my defensive team, mm-hmm. only played three games last year after getting that waiver late into the year. But he's, he's an impact player that's going to help that defense get better. And they've, they've, they've just improved their, their numbers um, in terms of just uh, defensive roster uh, from where they were. So I, I think Ole Miss is a team. I, I would take the over on, on that, that number, too. Mm. Um, Chris, what do you uh, where do you ultimately finish, see the Gators finishing? They said nine and three. Um, where do you think that that puts them bowl game wise? And how do you think the fan base is going to react to to that? I hope the fan base reacts well to that, <laughs> given what the schedule is. I, I you know I hate to criticize their own fan base, but they've gotten a little spoiled at times. And um, you know I think that you look at what Dan Mullen's done three straight New Year's six bowl games after inheriting a four and seven team. It's, it's pretty amazing. Not only how he's done, but how quickly he's been able to turn it around. Um, I think, I think Florida probably ends up in, ah, they might get into another New Year's six bowl game this year. I don't, I don't think it's a college f- football playoff year yet, but I think it's coming. I don't think, I don't think Florida's too far away from it. And I think it's, um, you know, looking back to last year, I, that, one of the biggest disappointments that I've had in a long time when it's come to Florida football was that LSU game, being a 21-point mm-hmm. a, a favorite. And I always thought that, that Dan Mullen's coach teams have never played down to the level of competition. I thought that was the first time I had seen that, uh, the first time I had seen the team kind of take another opponent for granted. And um, you know, I hope they learn from that. But I, I, being that close to having an opportunity to go to – um, you know, the college football playoffs and, and letting it get away at home like that was uh, a big lesson, hopefully learned for this this roster and the program in general. Are, are you with um, the Kentucky hype? I'm, I'm seeing, you know, a lot of people Ooh. saying uh, the SEC East is Georgia and then like a mixture of Kentucky, Florida, years. Missouri, and, yeah. and like kind of being lumped in in a second tier under Georgia. I've been on the Kentucky hype for a number of years now. I thought they they let me down a little bit last year, but I am excited about Liam Cohen coming into this this conference and what he's mm-hmm. going to do in terms of the offense. They were pitiful throwing the football last year, and obviously that's why Eddie Grant's no longer there anymore. But I think what you're you're going to see, uh, Will Levis is they, they've been blowing him up uh, for what he's done this preseason. Uh, I, I think they're going to mix in a little of that play action naked boot game off the outside zone stuff and. Um, if they can run the ball as well as they have the last few years. I think Chris Rodriguez is probably one of the most, if not the number one most underrated player in this conference. Hmm. Um, But I I think I still have them behind Florida. They've got to find a way to beat the Gators in Lexington, something they haven't done in a long time. That that, that atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, For people that that haven't been there, that is a a good good atmosphere in Lexington. Those fans enjoy football, and uh, so I think – I think it's going to be a big game when Florida goes there, what, October 2nd? But yep. the game to look at, guys, is the second week of the season, uh, the first SEC game between Kentucky and Missouri. Missouri absolutely embarrassed Kentucky last year in Como. Now they go back to, to Lexington this year. And I think that's going to be the game that decides who the challenger is in the middle of the conference for Florida and Georgia. Uh, Chris, outside of, uh, you know, Kentucky and, and potentially Ole Miss, who are some of the other surprises that, that maybe uh, fans aren't talking about? Or on, on the flip side of that, who's a team that's maybe getting a little bit overhyped in the SEC? You know, I'm interested. Uh, Texas A&M, you know, I know they navigated their schedule very well last year. I know they, they were able to sneak by Florida in a, in a hard-fought game where Florida turned it over late. But, like, to me, when you lose four of your five offensive linemen, that team, the heart and soul of that team last year was their offensive line. Their ability to run the football with the physicality up front, 
Isaiah Spiller finishing runs, uh, the play action pass off of that. That's what made that team go. Now, I think their defensive line is going to be tremendous. And if you haven't seen DeMarvin Leal, he's probably the best player in the conference heading into this season. But I, I, I do believe that they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back this year because of the offensive line. And and Haynes King, you know, trying to trying to get his feet wet as the the quarterback. Kellen Mond, you may may not have loved him, but I thought he was pretty solid last year. And uh, so I think Texas A&M may be a little overhyped right now. And then I go back and I I, I look at Missouri. I think Missouri's underhyped. I, I really believe in Connor Bazelak. I think he's right there with Chris Rodriguez in terms of a guy that's not being talked about enough. Um, and I love I love Coach Drink. I think what Coach Drink does. In, in meshing different schemes together and putting uh, his quarterback in a position to be successful uh, is one of the more impressive coaching jobs in the conference this year. The thing that I, I do have concerns about are who, who the pass catchers there. Can those guys be a little more consistent catching the ball than what they were last year? And I hate the fact that Florida goes there in November. It's not going to be warm. That's going to be a, a tough game. If, if you've overlooked that one on the schedule, that's your fault. As yeah, traveling media, I also hate that that game is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a cold and dreary game. Uh, well, Chris, man, we appreciate you uh, you coming on, uh, as always, man. I appreciate what you do for Gator Nation. Remind everybody where they can follow you on ESPN and the SEC Network. And yeah, getting cranked up this week. Florida uh, – excuse me, Tennessee opens the season on Thursday night, so we'll be in the studio uh, for halftime and postgame of that one on the SEC Network. And then I'm on every morning on Sirius XM Channel 374. It's the SEC channel on Sirius XM. So catch me, uh, catch me there weekdays as well from 8 to 11. Chris, I have I have one final question. It's about Tennessee. I, I know that they named Joe Milton quarterback today. It seems some question marks about who's going to call play. Seems like there's a lot of just more confusion at Tennessee. Um, do you think Tennessee? I mean, obviously they will at some point in, in life. Um, in the next like five six years, ever return back to the Tennessee of of older, or do you kind of feel like? This is who Tennessee is. Now. It's funny. We we had this discussion this morning on our radio show, and it and it started because of our talk about Nebraska. Like Nebraska is mm. a complete embarrassment. They, they'll never get back to what they once were because they changed who they are. You know, if if they wanted to have success, I would tell them to go back and let's run that triple option stuff you used to run. Because what do they got? They got big guys up front, right? You can you can recruit the the home state there with some of those big players on the offensive line. Skill players don't want to show up in November and December and play in, in Nebraska. I mean, that, that's that's not a thing anymore. So I, I don't think Nebraska ever gets back to where they were. I do think Tennessee has a better chance to do so. I think Miami's another one of those teams that could potentially get back there. But, you know, they've been hurt a little bit by, by teams like Alabama coming in and raiding the South Florida talent. But um, at the end of the day, I think Tennessee is probably better suited than Nebraska is to at least make a run at. I don't know if they're ever going to be the consistent team that was kind of our, our nemesis in the in the early to mid-90s that, that norm, normally de- determined not only who was going to win the East, but who was going to win the SEC as a whole. But mm-hmm. I do think that they have an, enough ability to, to recruit talent there. They have facilities. they got a great fan base. There's no reason why they can't you know have a, a shot every couple of years to get back to, to Atlanta. Awesome. Well, Chris, man, again, we always appreciate you coming on the show. Best of luck this season. I always look forward to uh, to hearing you uh, call a game, and you do a great job. And thanks again so much for your time. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot, Chris. Chris Doring, one of our favorite uh, guests on this show. So uh, super excited. Nick, do you have to go, or do you have a a second to stick around for some buy or sell? Buy or sell. Let's do it. All right, buy or sell. Uh, The Gators score 42 points against FAU. 
man. Oh, this is putting you. Ah, Nick, well, Nick, Nick sold. So, yeah, yeah, Nick. I Nick sold. Said I sold. 30s, I, yeah. said, I said. I said. I said. High 30s. Decisions were made. Yeah. Decisions were made. Uh, I think, I think Dan has a list of 30 buyer sells, and he waits to see what I say, and then he just like picks and chooses which ones happen. I, I just like to keep you on your toes, Nick. Um, I myself and uh, and and self bought that. Um, we didn't think that went all the way through before we started doing our game predictions. Um, in this game, does the defense get three or more takeaways? Buying it. Buying it. I'm going to buy it as well. How do you guys think they come? Three interceptions, a couple fumble recoveries. I'm going to go two fumbles and a pick. Two fumbles and a pick. Uh, give me two fumbles and two picks. I like three picks. Oh, man. And two fumbles. Dan is I, extending I Todd Grantham before week two. No, and, and this is nothing to do with Todd Grantham. I just don't think Nikosi Perry is very good. And I don't think that Willie Taggart Jr. is any good either. So I think that he's going to have to throw. I think they're going to be down a lot. I think they're going to throw the ball, and it's going to be a field day out there. I think that FAU is, is a miserable program. Um, sorry, Soak, about the 5 6 one, but I think they're a miserable program and have a miserable offense. So they averaged, I think, 18 points last year playing in the, uh, the crappy Conference USA or whatever they play in. So stadium is yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice yeah. little party stadium. The talent's nice too, right? Good visuals. Good visuals. Beautiful visuals. Got a nice Brazilian community down there. <laughs> um, all right, boys. This is gonna be one to get the timeline uh all riled up. 20 snaps for Anthony Richardson. Well, well gonna, was... real quick. Are we gonna talk about Doran State or are we just gonna like end the show? Chris just, like, Chris just came. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, Chris just dropped a bomb on us. Right, he sure did out of nowhere. Right, bro, he's just killing my taste. Yeah, yeah. Not only did he say your take was bad, Nick, <laughs> he he was willing to say that he doesn't even think that Aaron Jones lasts a couple games as starter. Bro, I'm down bad. Well, we I'm not buying that though. Game. Are you buying it? I think Emery, from what I've been hearing, like he's like solidified the guy in practice. I don't know what type of games he's been playing, but I do think Chris is on to something about the vagueness. Uh, Nick has mentioned that on the show before. Like he's not coming right out and saying it. He keeps bringing AR up. So there's some smoke out there, I think, but I'm just not buying. Uh, Dan has the balls, the bench, an oh, older guy. I was going to sell it. Now I'm buying it. 20, 20 plus snaps for AR. I'm going to sell, um, and I'll tell you why, and I think that it has to do with, with reps. I think it has to do with being able to get comfortable. That that Alabama game is, is just around the corner, uh, so I think that you see Emory Jones. Um, now, I reserve the right to amend that take if the Gators win, you know, 70 to 10. Then, sure, I think that Anthony Richardson is going to play substantially more. Absolutely not. You just pick both. You just pick both. Yeah, well, that's what I do, but I do it mm-hmm. smartly, and I do it with with fervor and, and, and intention rather than uh, not thinking about what I'm what I'm saying. So, um, no, but I, I think that Emory Jones gets it gets the line, they gets eighty five percent of the the the, uh, the snaps there. So, uh, I'm going to sell that one for for Ben for the record book. Um, all right, guys, what game do you think? The Gators have a better chance of winning. Alabama or Georgia? Georgia. That was a wild, reckless take. Hmm. Yeah, Georgia. Me. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That was a wild. I mean, take. I, I get. I get Bryce Young playing his first. Like, I mean, he's not playing a real team week one, so like his first real game, first road <laughs> SEC game. I get that, but like, like Silk said, Nicholas Saban has been doing this for a while. Yeah. 
No, I'm and I'll take, I'll take well. Nick Saban and his staff over Kirby and their staff. I, I mean, because, because I see, I think beyond just the fact that Bryce Young is like relatively new. I mean, he was one of the highest rated quarterback recruits of all time. I mean, they've got five-star galore on offensive line, uh, wide receiver, running back. Like, yeah, they're replacing a lot of talent. And yeah, the Gators might be able to, to catch them off guard. They played him really well last year. It's a different team than last year. I think the Alabama is good, but I really, really don't think George is as good as everybody's hyping him up to be. I, I truly don't. No, I don't need. I think they uh, have a lot of uh, deficiencies at wide receiver and, and playmakers on the outside. They don't have to lean on their run game. Uh, I just don't see. I got to see a consistent offense, man. They keep talking about these last four games that JT did last year, like he was playing. Like I haven't seen him in the heat of fire. I haven't their seen schedule him. Was like, so, with, their with, schedule is so front loaded. So like yeah. they played the easiest part of their schedule at the end of the year. It's like every year when Tennessee. Wins their last three games against like Vanderbilt and Kentucky, yeah. and they win. Then they win the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and it's like, hey, Tennessee back, and and then they play Alabama. And you're like, nope, never mind, they're not back. Lose to Alabama, right. lose to Florida. All right, um, this is the last question, and it is from uh, one of our patreons. Um, so I want to give him a shout out. Um, our friend Whisk Gator. Um, 71. I mean, he, he used to ask a lot of questions on, on Patreon as well. Um, he said in the Spurrier area, it was highly unlikely that we lost to a team twice in the same season. I know it's been said that we have a good chance against Alabama in the regular season. Is it more likely that we win the first game and lose the second or lose the first game and win the second? I wasn't prepared for this. No, I'll read, I'll read it again. I think, no, I know. I know. I, oh, I got okay. it. I got it. Yeah. I took advanced classes, Dan. <laughs> uh, I think it's more likely we win the first one. Um, you catch Nick Saban later on in the season, they're just going to be polished. Whatever mistakes they had to clean up, if they had some, it, it, it's going to be cleaned up by uh SEC championship game. So uh, I think it would be more likely we win the first one and lose the second. So Nick, run, that, you, run that back by me again. Well, no, why you okay? Fine, yeah. He took he took one uh, class. All right, yeah. Uh, um, my chemistry class was uh, uh we, the bell we rung, you just vibed, huh? No, uh, chemistry. We, we did some cooking. There was a it might have been a home ec class, who knows? It was chemistry, though. I got a chemistry. Yeah, grade. Chemistry, were you talking about moles and stuff, or no? You don't remember that? No, no, we made spaghetti. Oh, that <laughs> sounds like a great chemistry class. It sounds like what a great St. Thomas class. class is this? They take care of our athletes at St. Thomas. It's like one of those programs, like you told me. Let's imagine. It's just funny that that Nick Nick just throws out. It reminds everybody that he's an athlete, you know? Nick told me that some high school program had a PE magnet, and like they had my brother in tears. It's a PE magnet school. (laughs) I took PE online. I think we talked about this on on the show. That makes sense. Uh, Nick, uh, so let's let's talk about this. I'll be in Gainesville. We'll stay with you on the, uh, the Tennessee game. The internet has asked for a 40-yard dash between me and you, and I'm willing mm. to do it. That's fine. I got to stretch these mm. hammies out. I'm not trying to – All right, perfect. I'm trying, You've to, got, I'm uh, trying to blow a hammy for – We're running. Y'all got y'all 25 days. Y'all put on track suits and shit? No, running loafers. Running loafers. Running in spares. By the way, I got my first of uh, first pair of on-cloud shoots. Fantastic. Highly recommend them. Okay. All right. Well, so they don't sponsor this podcast, so we won't remind everybody. All right, so Nick. These ultra boosts. Question from Whiskator71, big fan uh, of, the, of the show and on Patreon. So in the Spurrier era, 
it was unlikely that we lost to a team twice in the same season. I know it's been said that we have a good chance against Alabama in the regular season. Is it more likely that we win the first game and lose the second or lose the first and win the second? Uh, lose to Bama, beat Georgia. That what? is not what the question yeah, is. Yeah, that boy, that right. boy ain't changed classes. I'm telling you. <laughs> Nick, I'll now repeat right the there, question. Nick, that, bell not, that bell time. not for you, Nick. One yeah. teacher all day. Bro. I know it's okay. been said that we have mm-hmm. a good chance against Alabama in the regular season. The question is about Florida playing Alabama in game three and then potentially playing them again in the SEC. <laughs> oh, oh, right oh, yeah. Right yeah no, we talked about that. We talked about this pre-show. We talked about this pre-show. Is yeah, it more those, likely man. the Gators win the first game and lose the second or lose the first and win the second it's not likely they beat alabama in either game well so that's not what the question is you had an a or b sure the they just do what lose, you want to do lose one win the second but they're not beating alabama so so i think it's more likely that they win the first game and lose the second because i think the win. only way they get to the second is by winning the first that's Damn the thing that you wanted Saban. Dan Mullen's 0-10 versus Nick Saban. He's had plenty of opportunities. Nick's 0-10 well, this, against reading that, comprehension. I'm ready. We changed that this year. We changed that. I like. I like. I like where we're standing. The shout out to my man at Hilton Hilton on campus hotel over there. Uh, he pulled up on me and, and was giving a lot of Stadium Miguel love. He wasn't a big three listener like that. Um, he worked at the Hilton. Came over and kicked it while we was doing the the Abate situation and 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 black. I can't even remember his name, but he said the next time we do call-ins, because he don't have social media, he said, bro, how y'all do that call-in thing? I don't have Twitter. I was like, I'll give you a text. Give me a number, bro. I'll text yeah, you the time yeah. we do calls, man. But yeah, he said, man, the city the city that's not on Twitter and the socials, they they rocking with us, man. Heck yeah. I love it. Well, tell him, give, give him my phone number. I've got a, uh, tell him I'm a Hilton Diamond member. Uh, but okay. then I'm ready to I'm ready to stay there when I'm in town. If I can uh, move off of staying at Nick's place and just get the uh, the Uber to and from balls and not have to worry about taking him to Salty Dog, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Silk, give us a Manscaped ad read and then let's take us out. Nick, get ready for the song. I got it. Shout out to the great folks at manscape.com summer's winding down falls on the horizon but florida don't really respect the fall i think we just got two summers kind of <laughs> especially in south florida so you still need that ball deodorant regardless of the months man it's still hot it's blazing i was out this weekend in gainesville just getting ready it felt like football season but it also felt like my balls are sweating because i left my ball deodorant home man i was pressed prior pressed prior how you said that Perspiring. 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 There you go. There you go. My peas and peas be getting me. Use coupon code SG at checkout. What? Oh, well. I don't know if that's a Paul. Well, kind of. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And I lost the charger to my my trimmer. Hmm. Lawnmower 4.0. It's in my room somewhere. I took it on vacation when i went out of town i packed it in my suitcase and i can't find it hmm. and then my ran my last battery out mid shower so i'm like half done <laughs> just got a high top fade nick you're on mute for trying to talk <laughs> don't, don't forget the uh pumpkin spice ball the other. Uh, coming out just in time for fall that is hilarious 
Oh, man. Um, yeah, promo code SG <laughs> at checkout, manscaped.com. It's a box um, fake. So- <laughs> fake. I got a boost fake right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Manscaped's paying us enough for, for the, the amount that goes into your Manscaped ad read. I think I they really need to hire yeah, yeah, yeah. If Silk was still in college and an athlete, that would be the, the perfect NIL sponsorship. What do you guys think about that Kool-Aid, uh, the kid at Bama? Bro, that's dope. They literally, they literally changed Twitter handles with them. Right. That's I nuts. Still, I don't know if that's still a thing, but they did at least for the day, like the day they announced it. Wait, what? What? I, I maybe I missed this. Oh, I think his, I think his nickname is like Kool Aid. Kool Aid McKinstry, like yeah, yeah. You got a Kool Aid smile. Mm-hmm. And it's great branding, man. You got to nickname your kids right. That bro. is a wild, yeah. Silk, Silk would have been like, he hate me in the XFL. He would, he would have changed his last name to Manscaped, so he'd have it on, have it on his back for that for the NIL money. No, I'm not getting mayonnaise tats, or I'm not doing that on my back either, Nick. None of that, <laughs> none of that's happening. Um, what would be your NIL play right now, Nick? If you had to pick a brand, like what you picking? Ooh, I mean, <laughs> uh, at the talent level that I was at as a Division three. No, I'm talking about player, you now. No, we're just like, talking about yeah, yeah. Oh, now? keep the same rules in place. You know, you can't be alcohol or liquor. Ooh, or it'd, pr- it'd probably be Starbucks. Tobacco. I'd be on that uh, my lifestyle right now, especially with this season. It'd be some. Oh yeah, pumpkin coffee. spice latte season for Nick. See that? Yeah, it's big, big pumpkin spice vibes. I can see that. Dan? It's obviously Duke's mail. I mean, I feel like it's got to be for right now. No, but I'm going to go with uh, my friends over at Duvin Design, making some high-fashion Hawaiian. Um, love their products, great products. Um, I actually sent them the tweet to let them know that I was being attacked for their clothing. <laughs> Again, this is not a shirt that I created. Uh, just let them know. They follow me on uh on Instagram, no response though. So, uh, so maybe like maybe it's like not reciprocated, that. or maybe they uh, they just they they couldn't come to my defense, you know. Yeah, they don't get the joke at all. No, they just want your money. <laughs> and to be honest, that shirt is kind of it's better in person than in the picture. I'll tell you that much. That's right. a well, Miami shirt, Vice, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a shirt, but I had this to, is I had basically the the Miami Heat uniform when they do that. That that Art Deco uniform in incarnate, you know. I look like the shirt you started the bender in. <laughs> Speaking of benders, boys, tomorrow I head up to Tennessee. Going heading up to my first first music festival. I'm going up to Bonnaroo. Um, wow! There is um, a, a tropical depression. Which um, let, let's just get this uh, first. Um, thoughts and, and, and prayers to uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, um, and those that are in Mississippi and the Panhandle, and those that have been in the path uh, of Hurricane Ida. Um, you know, definitely just a, a, a tremendously terrible uh, situation. So prayers um, to, um, you know, the, the folks that live there. Um, it's a tropical depression. There's a high pressure system that's moving this storm, like literally directly through the state of you Tennessee. So guy. shout out to, uh, well, I've been looking at it because I was supposed to drive up uh, tomorrow. You know, the, the, the way of um, the winds press no, they, they literally <laughs> just sent me an email saying, hey, like, Part of this campground because I'm camping for the first time since I was in fifth grade. Um, they're like, part of this is gonna be uninhabitable. So if you want to refund your ticket, so here I am, like already a little like questioning, you know, should I be going or not? But uh, you know, I'm gonna make it up there. I'm gonna make it up to Tennessee. I come back on Labor Day, and you know, in time to record uh, this show. Don't worry, I'll watch the Gator game before then. Um, but then I fly back up to Nashville, Tennessee. So Nashville Gators oh, uh, holler at me, and I'll be back at the Ryman Auditorium on Saturday night. But 
you know, we got Bender vibes Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, you know? Nice, nice little setup. Yeah, yeah nice little setup. Header. Yeah. I find Dan an AA meeting when he gets back into town. So, so the Music City Gator Club, holler at me if you guys got anything going on for the uh, the Florida USF game. Of course, the one time that the Gators play uh, in Tampa, that's not a bowl game, is of course the weekend that I already had plans. But you know, I'm the show goes up. Tampa. I know I'm, 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 I'm reading the, the Rona streets. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> reading the road. So I, I think I'm pulling up. I haven't vaxxed that ass up, so I don't know if I want to pull up out there yet without my vax. You know, I don't know where I'm going at it with that. So but I do want to catch a game in Tampa, man. My man Ryan hit me up, so they're going to be out there vibing. So I might try to pull up. My NIL. You be careful um, about Ryan. He <laughs> never know what right. you might take and end up in a situation yeah, you didn't like know you. what you end up to. Yeah, he yeah. wears shirts like you, bro. I know how you get down. <laughs> <laughs> y'all y'all shop together. Um, I'm gonna, If we're getting it now, I'm going to go Beijing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Got to black that thing up. You know, get the beer right. Go Beijing, and I might get the hair, or I might get a hair implant. Oh, I need to like Miami. Those. If he could do like a hairline, mm. if I could get the Tory Lanes or the LeBron surgery, I get something like that. I'm just looking advertise for a, that for a non balding in my my early 30s vibe. You know, I could probably oh, get bro, like that, a just that, a, the just for men touch of Greg. I'll be honest get with that you, sponsorship. If I ain't care about my hairline being pushed back like you did, like we got the same hairline. I just I just look righteous. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna shave it off, bro. It looks so crazy. Last Tuesday is Duke's mayonnaise bowl, and today it's, it's <laughs> so, so somebody just, that I consider a good friend, you know. So just, just goes, Dan, I'm bald because my hair looks like yours. Oh, oh, my oh. Hey man, it's all man. I love, man. You all still right, my guy. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go cry. Nah, take I, I, I told you the shirt was fly though. I was gonna oh. compliment the shirt. God, oh, those two don't even out. Those two don't I know. Oh my God! Man, he's bodied. Yeah, hey, this is oh, a good burn, show, man. What he burns show. the entire city down, but he plants one crop of corn. Be like, hey, you can still eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you, my boy, you, you slander. Like I, I do that to all my friends. I, like I said, good that's joke. Good but you, my boy, though. You know, yeah, that's all that matters. You know, that's all that matters. This, yeah. this hairline doesn't matter if I can call silk my boy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 my boy too silk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. Wild. All right. Well, I got right. song of the week. We, this is a crazy show. You guys are nuts. <laughs> um, I got song of the week. It's only right. Game week. We're going Tom Petty. Won't back down. That's good. Song to, to lead us into the first game this season. If you ain't been in Ben Hill fourth quarter and they playing Tom Petty, you ain't lived life yet, brother. That's that's for sure. Feel me? Hey, um, Silk, so before we before we leave, I've got a long car ride ahead of me over the next couple of days. Should I listen to the new Kanye album or not? <sighs> man, big Kanye fan. I'm gonna tell you, don't waste your time, man. Bro, I, I got, I got bamboozled into a gospel album album or something, man. I, my my take on music is easy. Is it a banger? Yes or no? If it is, I'm listening to it. I felt like I was in church. I felt like I was back at St. Yeah. Gregory Catholic Church yeah. in Plantation, Florida. Turned it off. I listened oh, to man. it all the way through. I think the production is amazing. I, I like the, the production and the beats and a lot of things he's doing, but it's just too too preachy, too gospel-y. Like He sounds like a gospel rapper. I'm not, not nothing against that lane, but I don't mm-hmm. really listen to it. No. All right, boys. Same corner, same time next week? Absolutely. <laughs> If you can make it, my God, what a rough podcast. What a rough day. I know. (laughs) Tough. All right, boys. See you guys next week.